Dear Dimwitty, are you out there? Can you hear us? We hope you're doing okay. You've missed so much, Dimwitty. We need to catch you up on everything that's happened in DuckTales. We're here to recap and discuss each episode of DuckTales 2017 for the benefit of our close personal friend, Dimwitty Duck, who was last seen on October 12th, 2011 in the comic Dangerous Currency. If you're out there, Dimwitty, we're coming for you. Just hold on. Hello and welcome to Dear Dimwitty, a DuckTales recap podcast hosted by me, Monty. And me too, Marty. Go hey. back to host, I see. Where we're putting oh, we're putting labels you. on things again. <laughs> I didn't think about it. <laughs> it's fine. I know it's I know I know it's subconscious. I know you're not actively doing it, but you know. It still it's hurts. Something to consider. <laughs> uh, but no, welcome back, everybody. Um, thank you for tuning in once again. Yeah, and we've got some uh, we got some news. Oh um, my god, we do have some news, don't we? Some new episodes have been announced. Yeah. Hold on. Do you have Do you have the Do you have the list of titles? No. <laughs> oh, hold on, I do. <laughs> uh, we have five more episodes announced. Um, interestingly enough, like continuing straight off the back of like this current batch, because oh. I was thinking oh. that um. Yeah, they're, they're starting from uh, the 2nd of November. Like, I was thinking it was going to be, uh, like, another, like, hiatus. But no, we're, like, going straight back into it, which is really exciting. Um, so we have The Split Sword of Swanston Team, New Gods mm-hmm. on the Block, <laughs> making some eyes at that one, The First Adventure, uh, The Fight for Castle McDuck, and How Santa Stole Christmas. Oh, I'm excited to get a Santa lore episode. <sighs> I'm I'm very very excited at the concept of New Gods on the Block. I miss Hercules very much. <laughs> such a Storkules dad. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Storkules. He's he's such a good character. Um, I am very excited for him to show up in like our actual rewatch. But um, God, I miss the him. Lion. The Lion of Lindos. Yes, exactly. Donald Duck's best friend. I mean, what's great about Storkules is that when he shows up, it means that we've reached the Spear of Selene, which is a fucking excellent episode. Very true. Very, very true. Um, yes. So it's uh, just going to be a good day all around. So I think the only ones that I have kind of like theories for is that New Gods on the Block will probably be an Ithaquack episode, like Storkules. Maybe we'll get some kind of reaction from Celine now that Del is back, uh, mm. which would be a, li- a little bit overdue, but whatever, I'm not really complaining. Mm-hmm. And I also think that it would be interesting to go um, for the first adventure, for that to be some kind of like... Della and Donald childhood thing, really like when they it. first like started living with Scrooge. I would love that. I mean, we are supposed to get backstory, so it's a great opportunity to have some like I because the teen teen Della and Donald, teen Della and Donald are so cute. I love them so much. They're such cute characters. I want to see some of my personal theories about Della Duck becoming true as a teenager. Being that mm-hmm. she coloured in her brother's vans with Sharpie and got stuck up the chimney <laughs> hiding from him. <laughs> she put her cousin's gerbil on a toy plane and flew it away. Hmm, are these based on anything? These are not based on anything. I did not do any of these things. I would never do that to a gerbil. Okay. Fucked up. <laughs> you know how much yeah. I drop from my farm stories when I talk about the duck cousins, but yeah, unfortunately... <laughs> 
none of these. Unfortunately, you, unfortunately, you never terrorized a joke. Yeah, unfortunately, none of neither me nor any of my cousins were as insane as Della Duck, So, um, I have no no idea on the split sort of Swanston teen. Um, but that mm. kind of sounds like it sounds interesting. It sounds like a fairly presumably a fairly standard just like adventure, adventure yeah. in location. Yeah. Um, the fight for Castle McDuck could be interesting because I like you know going back to Castle McDuck, Duck, more family stuff, more family lore. That would be interesting. It's a very dramatic title. Um, yeah. It kind of, you know, it kind of comes across like it's a, like it's the climax of an arc. But mm. as I think we've kind of talked about before, I don't know what the arc for season three is. <laughs> I mean, ostensibly, it's the, like, the, 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 the lost mysteries, yeah. Yeah, we've got the but, missing um, mysteries, but, like, we haven't really, we've, like, we found the, the harp. Mm-hmm. That was one of them. Mm. Blanking on the rest. Yeah, it's been a little bit scant on the actual kind of overarching plot this season, which, like, it, it, in one sense, I'm not really complaining because seasons will always kind of fit together as a cohesive whole more once they're all out and you can watch it all in one go. Yeah. So it's kind of harder to yeah. track something as it is currently airing, which is fine. Um, and, like, season three has been really good so far, so I'm not, I'm not really complaining, but I understand that it's, like, a little bit harder yeah, to – yeah, there's, like, obviously, like, because with season one, we've got, like – the actual like mystery of Della, and then we've also got like you know the magicka and Lena stuff happening, and then for season two it's Della getting back and the like the moon invasion. So like those ones had very definite overarching plots, and this one's a little bit more wishy washy. Yeah, there because it's just a kind of a symptom of taking the uh, taking the overarching plot away from the very kind of concrete family based mystery and onto yeah. something a little bit more um, a little bit more detached. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is like they can't keep manuf- they can't manufacture like the family drama at this point, you know. Yeah, it makes of sense. Not. Um, mm. Especially if we have like the kind of um, Jell and Donald kind of backstory brewing underneath the season, it balances that out nicely. And then the, the, the other the other thing about season three is that it's um, supposedly the season of Huey, but um, <laughs> it's been a little bit lacking on Huey content. Not gonna lie, like um, oh, like the the the, the, the trickening came out, and we watched the trickening. That was really good. Um, yeah, and Huey was in it. Huey... <laughs> hey, Huey was in this episode. The trickening was a Huey episode. episode. It was a Huey episode because he wasn't in um, the Fam and the Sorceress or um, or was the other one called Moonlander on the Earth. Yeah, he wasn't in either of those, which was a little bit, little bit annoying because yeah. he is my sweet little yeah. boy. But um, he was. This was a Hugh episode, which very, very much made up for it. So but, I mean, um, like looking at the episode episodes that have released for for Ducktales season three so far. Mm-hmm. We have out of the Huey episodes, we have Challenge of the Senior Junior Woodchucks, which was just like a him episode. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We have Astrovoid, one of the best. Oh episodes. god, that was such a good episode. Oh. Um, and we have the Trickening as as a, as a Huey episode. Um, yeah, but you know, still have like, you know, Louis Eleven is obviously a Louis episode. Last Ever Nirvana mm-hmm. is like Webby. Double O Duck is Dewey. Um. Quackback was kind of a Huey episode too. Yeah, he was. He, yeah, that was that was. I would call that a Huey episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rumble for Ragnarok was it was a very Dewey based episode. That that was very Dewey. So like tallying off, we've got Huey, Huey, Dewey, Webby, Louie, Huey, Dewey, Webby. Uh, would you say Moonlight is a Webby episode? I mean, it's a Penumbra episode, but it's a Webby. Episode. Out of the four kids, I think. It's a webby episode. Yeah. And then the trickening is Huey. Yeah. Um, so he's like, he's, it's weighted a little bit in his favor and he's had some really interesting stuff. 
Um, yes. He's, he, he's there. I think they're, and we're only like halfway through the season. I think they're definitely kind of building him up for an arc here. Um, so it, it can still be the season of Huey. Yeah, yeah, and like going off the, the 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 last two seasons, we're looking at twenty four episodes probably, and so with another uh five block after these what after after like so we've got the next five which goes up to episode eighteen, so we're looking at another chunk coming out probably at some point early next year. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, there's there's still ample time for this to be like an arc because like obviously even with like um even with like like you know season one and season two being. Dewey and Louie respectively their kind of like personal arcs didn't come into it a lot until like the very end like especially with Louie he only kind of like became the star of like season two right at the end like yeah in the last couple episodes um yeah yeah I think it's um it's mostly kind of the first part of it isn't really making making many steps in their arc but establishing their characters kind of pre-arc so they're kind of telling us like who the characters are and then near the end of the season they're gonna have them yes. kind of you know develop and then as we're kind mm-hmm. of kind of as you've seen from like Dewey as an example and now, now Louie as a result of that arc they'll continue to be like changing um yeah exactly which is great I'm excited for that I'm very excited for a lot of the upcoming episodes like um uh next week or rather like <laughs> yesterday I guess when this episode actually comes out <laughs> will be the Forbidden Fountain of the Forever Glades which is looking great we've got Teen Scrooge and Goldie happening. I'm so excited for that. Can I? Can I? Um, call, can I call you out in the podcast? Yeah. You said that Teen Scrooge yes. is what you—it's your mental image of me. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you know, I meant it lovingly. I received it lovingly. It was. Uh... I, I, he looks he looks extremely cute. He's very charming. He's very, he's very like um like he's very handsome. I think he's um, he's very cute. I love um I love his little outfit. I love the I love the explorer clothes and the way that he still has little whisk, whiskers. I love his um his McDuck bangs that like that like Donald like Team Donald also has. <laughs> yeah, I love the uh... <laughs> I love the teenage hair. It's very funny. It's very cute. Um, and then obviously the um, what everybody's actually looking forward to is um, well the episode after Forever Blades, which is um, Gosselin, and also Darkwing Duck is there, and Darkwing Duck, and then they, I guess I guess the other piece of news is that we got images from Let's Get Dangerous. Yes, um, we got to see her. We got our we got to see her standing of Gosselin. We got to see her standing with Launchpad and Drake, like the three of them in frame together. I feel like that was like, yeah, it was just like a hit. It was like it was like chemicals going directly into my brain. Yeah, I think there was a bit of a there was a bit of a a, a breakdown going on. <laughs> I remember, like, I remember the like um the, the the like Frank like tweeted the images and like looking in the replies, everybody had instantly changed their icon to that one picture of God, <laughs> which was just really funny to me. It's very funny. <laughs> Um, like a new picture drops and everyone just falls over themselves to like <laughs> make it their icon and make it their header and like tweet it five times a day yeah. that is not vaguing anybody i yeah. i post this image like a lot also like it's the same image i just post it a lot <laughs> there's a uh there's a few things i'm very excited about um based on mm-hmm. like this kind of new bit of news for uh for darkwing which is one thing is like simple enough uh frank was talking about goslin 
and said that she had like the look of a of like a teenager who's ready to rip your fragile ego to shreds. I yeah, <laughs> which is what she's going bullied. to do. I need to get bullied. He's gonna. Yes, it's what he deserves. He's gonna get torn to shreds. I want his so ego bad. is going to be shattered. I want him to be like really badly holding back tears, <laughs> being berated <laughs> by a teenager. <laughs> it's so important. Um, and aside from that, the other the other um thing that I found <clears throat> interesting <laughs> yes. is uh, the interviews where they talk a lot about how a family mm-hmm. is a father and a daughter mm-hmm. and a launch pad and a launch pad <laughs> <laughs> and how it's all, how it's all about the found family and it's all about the family and that family includes launch pad as goslins mm-hmm. they didn't say it but as Godlin's second dad, <laughs> obviously, ob- obviously the uh, the dream is like my two dads. Like obviously that is the like ideal ending to this. Yeah. But I'm also just very like yeah. very enamored with the, the, the like the phrasing of a father and a daughter and a launch pad. <laughs> father and daughter and a launch pad. <laughs> and I, I think that's very charming. The nuclear family. <laughs> every every family has their launch pad. Um, <laughs> if you don't know who the launch pad is, you're the launch pad. <laughs> <laughs> like, they say one every three people is the launch pad. I'm not launch pad. I'm not launch pad. <laughs> um, and like obviously, obviously, you know, like not getting hopes up for anything, but you know, given what they did in Moonlander, like possibilities are there. I think. Yeah. For like. Yeah. You know, possibilities. Possibilities. We're back into our uh, our time honored tradition of touching the stove, <laughs> of touching the stove, and of saying they won't. But what if they did? But they wouldn't. But what if? But no. But yes. Which is um kind of like a mental game of tennis that I've been playing with myself probably for like the past like mm, two months or so. So <laughs> it's really bad. It's really bad. So yeah, that that was our news. Um, exciting times. Yeah, very exciting times. But um, yeah. So so this week we watched um, the the House of the Lucky Gander. Woo-hoo. Oh my god! We I was very. We, I was so excited for this. We got to meet Gladstone. Woo-hoo. We got to meet Gladstone. We got to meet um the coolest uncle. The we got to meet um uh <laughs> we got to meet um. I'm 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 not gonna say it. I'm I was gonna call it I was gonna say we got to meet the Commander of DuckTales, but I'm not gonna say that. Don't say um, that. <laughs> edit that one out. <laughs> I will. Um yeah, so we got to see that we got to go to we we took a trip to the house of the Lucky Gander. Um we got to meet Gladstone. Um we got to see some kind of more establishing stuff of like what the lives of the triplets have been like pre Scrooge. Based on the mm-hmm. relationship with Gladstone. Um, and this is also a Louis episode, by the way. Louis episode! <laughs> yeah. Which is very yeah. exciting. I love Louis episodes. I think they're great. Louis episodes are really good. He's very funny. Um, mm-hmm. um, he just, he just, yeah, I noticed it in, um, in uh, the Beagle Britain Massacre and the Great China Chase. He does slapstick very well, which he doesn't really have an opportunity to yes. do in this episode. But, uh, unfortunately, but, um, Still really good, very good episode. So um, 
yeah, so uh, we we start off the episode with um everyone in the uh, fuck is it the Sun Chaser or the Cloud Slayer? It's the Sun Chaser. It's sun Chaser. Chaser. The Sun Chaser. Yes, it's the Sun Chaser. I always forget which one is the original name, which is the um which is the launch padified name. Yeah. So we we start off in the Sun Chaser, yeah. um heading to the uh t- heading to the Temple of the Golden Cricket, but taking a stop on the way in Macaw. Because uh, Uncle Gladstone has sent out a uh, uh, <laughs> has sent out um, uh, an urgent help message. A cry for help. Yeah. So like Huey and Dewey and Webby are pretty excited about seeing this bug because Scrooge is hyping it up so much. He's like, Golden Cricket's fucking incredible. It's gonna make your whole life worth it. Yeah, it's awesome. It, it like does this beautiful song. It does like it only sings every fifty years, and it holds the answers to life. Like, why are we here? But Louis. Stone Cold does not give a fuck. Louis is all about the city lights, baby. He sees a neon hot dog <laughs> and he loves it. Even though he famously, famously hates hot dog, hates hot dogs. He famously hates hot dogs, which is an interesting character trait that was brought up last episode. It just goes um, to show how much he loves neon. <laughs> he he um he calls he calls out the neon hot dog, and Webby's so excited that she vaults over the corner of the table, <laughs> which is running to the window to look, which is very funny to me. It's very cute, and she's very irritated by everybody being so dazzled by the city lights. Um, he mm-hmm. he doesn't like he doesn't like the big city lifestyle. He doesn't like uh the the dens of iniquity. <laughs> it's very kids these days. The vice and laziness. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's kids these days, circa eighteen hundreds. <laughs> he's very he's he's saying you know it's like you know it's exciting to look at, but it's, it's full of empty distractions. There's yeah. like you know there's nothing yeah. there's nothing worthwhile here. That there's no golden crickets in the court. Yeah, there's think about that. There's, it's not fulfilling. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, so we find out that like Uncle Gladstone is here, and that he is quote so charming and funny. The worst, just the worst, mm-hmm. and I completely love it. <laughs> I love him very, very much. I love this so much. I love, I love Donald and Scrooge being united in, yeah. in like, in like hatred. Like they, they are, you know, they're on the same page. I love it when they, when they both are bitchy about Gladstone. It's very funny. It's fantastic. Um, I'm also just instantly very endeared to any character who is introduced as like charming and funny and the worst, just the worst. <laughs> it's really good. It's awesome. Um, we have a, we have a, we, we have like the, the kid, the kids are kind of like, oh, it must have been so cool to grow up with him, which is just a very like. And that kind of sparks the very, the very funny like uh, childhood flashback, which is um I I have got written here all caps baby alert. Um, he, he's they're babies. Do, it's very cute. They're babies. Um, they're very. We cute. get baby Don looks a bit a bit like Huey. He's got a bit of a of the wide eyed you know um, mm-hmm. um wide eyed kind of expression that that Huey that Huey does a lot. Um, and Gladstone, mm-hmm. I have written here, is standing in the gayest way possible I have ever seen a ten-year-old stand. <laughs> have a look at this screenshot. <laughs> give me, give me like ten seconds. You can edit this out. <laughs> have a look at this. Yeah, that's okay. You can confirm this. Oh my god, I believe you. I just want to see it. Oh my god, please show me. Please show me, child, child Gladstone. Please, God. Oh my god, he is. <laughs> Oh my god, he's a little oh my god. He's a little gay boy. He is, it's so funny. Um so we get this kind of confirmation that John and Gladstone grew up together and we get like this kind of scene of them as them as kids and Gladstone like finds the finds the twenty dollars. Um and then we kind of see them as like 
presumably young adults going into like adults um mm-hmm. where Donald has extremely bad luck and Gladstone always gets twenty dollars uh ending in a very funny little gag where uh <laughs> Donald finally decides to take the twenty dollars for himself gets involved in a bank robbery and Gladstone gets given the credit for stopping the robbers we get we get the fantastic um we get the fantastic headline Donald Duck questioning crime spree which I'm <laughs> Tail set at twenty dollars. Tail set at twenty dollars. In the picture, so it's, it's kind of like it's, <laughs> so. It's kind of setting up this um, this dynamic of like Gladstone's the lucky one, Donald's the unlucky one, and Donald is obviously and probably justified very resentful of it. He Gladstone is incredibly resentful yeah. of it, and he. But like, what's really funny and very sad about. Donald and Gladstone's relationship is that Donald hates Gladstone because of his good luck, but that's just who he is. So he basically hates him mm-hmm. for existing because there is fuck mm-hmm. off all Gladstone can do about that. It's literally just the way the yeah. universe works. Um, it's um, it's um, very, it's very unfortunate. It's just you know, and again, it's the way the universe works that Donald is the unluckiest man in the yeah world. Um. It's just yeah. very unfortunate that they happen together. Yeah, they're just two people who can like <laughs> will always have this kind of like separating them, this conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also the fact that Donald, as we're going to see later, is very proud. Um, yes, he's very stubborn. He really values himself as like a caregiver, and he really doesn't like mm-hmm. the idea of Gladstone kind of waltzing into his life, um, and giving yeah. the kids all these things that he can't provide and showing him up. Um. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of frustrating, I think, on Gladstone's side because it's like, fucking, what else is he supposed to do? Not give the kids stuff? They're kids. Yeah. They want to have fun, you know? Yeah, because, like, in, 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 in defense of Gladstone, he's my essay in defense of Gladstone. <laughs> um, this, is, this is literally just the way the universe works. He doesn't know, like, he phys- I don't think he physically can do anything about it. Like, he has no choice. Yeah. In the way that in the way that he's lucky, yeah, it really doesn't seem that his luck is under his kind of control. It just kind of, um, mm. it's behaving. The luck is kind of just like a kind of, it's a magic that changes the way that the universe works to provide him with luxury and ease and comfort, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, provided that like, and it seems kind of ir. Uh, seems to be kind of in total disregard to whether you value the kind of things that the luck considers to be valuable, like money. Yeah. So we get this kind of continuing thing of Glaston being extremely lonely, um, but having all of this kind of luxury and things that he can't appreciate because he has never experienced anything but luxury because he physically can't. Yeah, exactly. So, (laughs) yes. Well, I think Glaston is really interesting because he is someone who money like money literally has no value for him no none at all yeah um, he he, <laughs> he doesn't know he doesn't know how much things cost he doesn't pay he's actually um this is a shout out to Simk. i'm putting like i'm putting another uh, i'm putting another tick on the counter of random people we have called, we have uh, we have shouted out to on on the podcast who none mm-hmm. of our listeners will know um he's in a bit of a psyche k situation oh my god he is though so my very limited understanding of that series because <laughs> yeah. like i just m- remember seeing that saying that like oh yeah psyche like fuck psyche's money has no um value for him whatsoever like sure he could win the lottery if he wanted and he would get all this money what the fuck is he gonna do with it he can get everything without money yeah. you know yeah 
Gaston's in that situation mm, where true. money literally has no meaning to him. It's like air. Yeah, exactly. It comes and it goes whenever he <laughs> needs it. Right? Yes, yeah, mostly the form of $20 in the ground. Yeah. Um, and he also, like, he doesn't need, he doesn't actually need the $20. He never needs money because he can go anywhere and get things for free. Um, exactly. So he's a very, he's an interesting character in that regard in that, like, his value system is kind of destroyed by, like, fucking nobody who breathes air all the time, like, values air and wants to, like, get out and get air <laughs> because we take yeah. it for granted. So in that way, he's taken lux- his luxury for granted. Um, yeah. Because it's the only way he can exist. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, what the fuck else are his values? Like, what the what, what else is mm. he looking for? He's, like, he's got a very empty life and he's got no friends. Yeah. Yeah, which is um, it it it's one of it's one of those situations where it's very like it's possible. It's like it's very easy. It's very possible to make Gladstone into like a very tragic character, and I, I like I completely acknowledge that possibility. I think it's just so much funnier if it's not if it's not sad. I if it's really just, like... really like it because I think <laughs> it's really funny if he's too stupid to realize how bad his life is. Exactly, like his life. If you like get down to it, like his life sucks. Like obviously, in um. In, in season three we get a little bit of a look at how his life would go if he didn't have his luck and it's miserable and it sucks and he hates it yeah. but I, like without that kind of like it, it, i think um like he just he doesn't he doesn't change his behavior ever oh, no. like he doesn't care <laughs> he doesn't really understand like the like why his life is terrible and why like and like how easily his life could be ruined if you know his luck went away he doesn't care and it's just funny. It's funny. He believes so firmly in his luck that he believes his life can't be terrible because he's really lucky. <laughs> he doesn't really exactly. understand that, like, his luck can't get him, like, love or friendship mm. or family. <laughs> so he's <laughs> in this fucking situation where he's called for help and his family are coming to help him so reluctantly. It's 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 very funny. It's At, at the same time, it is also, like, um... Obviously, this is very characterful for like for Donald because, despite this, Donald loves his family. Donald values family kind of above everything else. So, even though he fucking hates Gladstone, he's still going to come and help. Yeah, and it is a very very funny little scene where he's where you know uh, Huey points out that you know you said that we always help family, and he goes, "Oh, why did I say why that?" Why did I say that? <laughs> yeah, he's yes. so upset. He's so ha- he, yeah. he values family very highly, but Donald is uh, very kind of selective about who he considers family. Um, yeah, it's very uh, yeah. funny. Yeah, um, we 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 get, we we follow up. We follow that up, by the way, with um <laughs> with Louis being just like such a like a little a little dick, being <laughs> like, oh my god, he's our coolest uncle, and then like modifying that to mean, oh, coolest non-trillionaire uncle. It's like. You're com- like at this point. At this point, do they know Feathery exists? Because if not, they're just comparing Gladstone to the two people in the same room. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. He's like, oh, I know I have two other uncles, but um, fuck both of you who are in front of me right now. It's so funny. Uh, it's very very funny. I think that uh, in, it's confirmed in the depths of Cousin Feathery at the start that they have phone fucking no clue who Feathery is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> example of how highly Donald values his family. <laughs> he relieves his father, dad, uncle, dad, father's uh, defense uh, with uh, the kind of glowing praise, which is uh, he's kind of cool. 
He's kind of cool. And then and then this cool. this and then this endorsement is followed up by the plane instantly going into just like uh, like it's starting starting to crash, going straight towards the water. And um Donald instantly thinking he's going to fucking die, Blex, you know, strapping himself in. He panics totally like, and panicking embarrasses himself because all the kids are exactly. like we crash all the time. Because like this is Donald's first first ride on a plane with Launchpad. It's his first time accompanying the kids on an adventure. Because it wasn't yeah. supposed to be an adventure. Um so like he's never been on a crashing plane with Launchpad before. Um and he screams we're all gonna die. I've wasted my life when he raised three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this episode is like very mean to Donald. It's like Donald's having a time. Like he, he's having a bad day. It's um, it's like it's and it's very else. Obviously, he's like embarrassed himself. Like everybody else in the plane knows. Like yeah, we're crashing, but we're not gonna die. Like it's launch. Pad. All the picture of the girls at the party holding the cups. Yeah, yeah, they're almost kind of looking at it. Um, like no, nobody else has even like sat down. Yeah. They're just it's like just they're standing. It they're so they're totally fine with it. And um, it's just like it's very funny that this has come directly off the back of Huey st- providing just a spirited defense of um of how of how Don- Donald is totally cool. He's kind of cool. And then he just cool. collapses in a screaming heap. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we get kind of the reveal that like they've just made a water landing, which I'd like to say Montepad yeah. landed a plane. He did it. Yeah, technically he landed the plane. <laughs> so uh, they arrive. They've arrived directly in front of a casino called the House of the Lucky Fortune. And Scrooge explains that they can only visit for an hour because they have to keep going to see the cricket. Um, and then Launchpad kind of drifts off to deal with a local crime family on the behalf of his ex, Z. Uh, a note here that says Launchpad's funny ex counter one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love this recurring thing of, of Launchpad kind of going off on his own off screen adventure, yeah. like with like one of his one of his exes, which yeah. um happened because I know what ha- I know what happens again in the depth of cousin February. It's a cousin thing. Is there I think. another one? Um, his proximity to cousins makes him go off and find his exes. I actually don't think there is another one because it's Z here, and then mm. um, it's uh, it's Oceania oh, with the deaths of cousin yes. Petri, and then he uh, he yeah. just goes on a bit of a rant to Dewey at some at one point and lists off all of the um, people he's fallen in love oh, with. The, yes, um, including yes. a were duck and a clone of himself. Um, mm-hmm. um, Which is quite interesting. I think cloud quite of energy. Let's just say it's quite interesting. Let's just say it's quite interesting. Um, <laughs> it's quite interesting. So uh, Launchpad, Launchpad kind of drifts off, and Scrooge doesn't give a shit. He walks mm-hmm. away with engines. Yeah. I I do love the kind of the like the like um the like uh the joke that comes back at the end here, which is Launchpad telling that telling through to like yeah he's gonna go and like do something with the crime family and Scrooge is like, yeah, whatever, be back in an hour. <laughs> and then it comes back at the end when, obviously, like, he's been through this and nobody kind of gives a shit. Like, Dewey, like, offhandedly asks. Dewey asks, but doesn't really seem to care. Dewey's his best friend. He's like, well, what happened to you? And he's like, oh, just, you know, tourist stuff. <laughs> and Dewey's and... kind of like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> and everybody it's else is directly past him, even though he's full of arrows and carrying a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. So um, so yeah, launch launch pads off on his on off, off on his mafia adventure. Um, and we don't see we don't see any of that. His funny ex adventure. Um, so that's very exciting. They head into the casino and head up to see Gladstone. Um, and then they hear some kind of screaming and 
we rush in on it to find that he's just getting a very intensive massage. So when they're in the <laughs> elevator, we get this incredibly cute scene of Louis panicking because he wants to impress Gladstone. Yes. And he's like, he always like, sees me in green. Why did I have to wear green? <laughs> and Donald's like, go easy. Take it easy. Take it <laughs> it's easy. so cute. It is so cute. Like, the, I love the idea of... um. Like I, I, obviously, it's like the it's the cartoon thing. Like they have to wear color code. Like mm-hmm. they have to wear their, their outfit. They have to be color coded. But this is very funny to like to have the like minor self awareness of yeah. really being like, oh my god, I always wear always wear green. Yeah. Also, um, especially when he's always wearing green to see his a, a similarly color coded uncle. His, his green uncle. Yeah. Yes, it's very funny. It's very um, cute. I, I also, I also, I also like um. I don't think that I don't, I don't think it's like uh, ever. They don't ever like really put much of like a, a definite point on it. But like, how frequently do you think they see Gladstone? Like, how like because they're fairly like obviously they're very familiar and they're like very excited to see him. But it's, it's I just wonder if it's like you know like once a year he just kind of like drops I, in or like once a year. I say he's hard to get hold of. I think it's one of those things where yeah. he like swings by with like presents or whatever. Um, yeah, and that Don kind of reluctantly kind of tolerates him. So because yeah. I think that kind of strikes the balance of like them being like familiar with him, but so excited to see him. Um, yeah, yeah. Because he's always got like, you know, as they kind of say, he's charming and funny and, you know, he gets all this cool stuff. Yeah. So they're kind of very used to seeing him and like, it's it's the kind of relationship that you form with a cool uncle who you only see sometimes, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't know them very well. Um. And uh, we get Scrooge and Donald just being absolutely horrible. It's so funny. They hate him so much. <laughs> it's so funny. I love, I love, I love when Scrooge and Donald are just bitches. I love it when they're bitches. It's my favorite, like, it's the favorite, it's the best thing. It's so funny. It's so good. It's so good when they're united in something. And it's very funny that they're the one thing that can unite them more than anything else. They'll fight over literally anything, but the one thing that can unite them anywhere else is how much they fucking hate Gladstone. And also how much they don't care about Feathery is the other thing they agree on. <laughs> They're so mean. They're such evil people. They, they talk a lot of shit about how they love their family, but really, look at the evidence here. Yeah, out of like, I mean, to be fair to Scrooge, he's not related to Gladstone or Feathery by blood. They're his, yeah. they're his like, in-laws kids like it's uh it's yeah. a, it's a bit more it's a bit more um it's a bit more distant there yeah. like there, there's no real yeah. actual ties there but like like you know like feathery still like you know works for him it's like you know he's still family <laughs> we have a lot to talk about with feathery i um i have got i have got a point here which is like to their credit donald and scrooge scrooge like do rush forward with the rest of like the kids when you know they think that gladstone is screaming in pain so they do like <laughs> They're not like, fuck that guy. They do actually like run forward, but then yeah. they're like, okay, you're just getting a massage. You can die. We get the very, very funny line from from Donald, which is just the worst. The worst. <laughs> the worst. He's so mad. Can I can I tell you my favorite Gladstone line possibly ever Please. for the for like for the rest of time? Could it be? Loose as a goose and ready to gander. Fuck yes. 
<laughs> I would have loved that. Would just reminds me. I would have really liked to see more of like Webby's reaction to meeting Uncle Ga- Gladstone, based on yeah, she's a fucking, little bit, yeah, uh, based on good for the goose, <laughs> good for the goose, <laughs> whatever she thought he was gonna be like, based on her ominous message. Loose. I'm just obsessed with loose as a goose and ready to gander. I love it so much. It's very funny. Like, like this being like your introduction to Gladstone is just like incredible. Oh, so yes. good. Um, and, uh, he, we get, like, one of, uh, a few quite, like, quite well, I think, boarded and, uh, scripted scenes, um, which is, uh, Gladstone kind of trying to interact with his family normally, uh, under the kind of watchful eye of Luhai, um, yes. which we don't know yet, uh, so we have a bit of a little moment where, you know, Donald's like, you said you needed our help, and he says, oh, I do need your help, and, like, Pepe turns to look at him from the thing from the door mm-hmm. there's no like music or like anything to kind of like undercut it or anything but like he says like oh yeah i need your help spending all of this money <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he proceeds to just annoy the shit out of donald and scrooge and they want to kill him so bad it's awesome i love this it's very funny this um this 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 scene the scene where he's like um where he's kind of just like letting the kids loose on his on his very like fancy penthouse room is so like so charming to me because like we get like um you know like Dewey going and grabbing a weapon dropping it instantly and then doing it again <laughs> um nearly killing himself and then we have just like the very like because obviously like obviously that would be what Dewey does but then we get Webby's choice of like activity which is to go and lean against the like the angled window yeah which is such a kid thing to do it's It's so cute i swear to god that must be taken directly from like someone's personal experience as a kid with one of those windows because like it's them all running over and screaming (laughs) so funny yes yeah it's it's so cute and they were like oh just like it's such a it's such like a well like character i like kid activity yeah um i love it it's so cute yeah that it's something um, that they're they're not like oh my god look at all look at this really like soft bed or like look at all these cool rare stuff because they get like cool rare stuff and soft beds all the time this is they've never been in this yeah. they've never been like a, in a penthouse before and yeah they've ne- they've ne- they've never looked at a window that looks like you're falling but you're not <laughs> yeah ah! <laughs> it's very oh, cute it's so cute um we we and like obviously Gladstone just being like, yeah, take as much as you want, you know, do whatever, you know, mm-hmm. have a blast, um, kind of not caring, um, and we get uh, kind of an example of how um, Gladstone might usually kind of entertain the kids, which is that he kind of jumps into the tub of casino tokens and uh, swims <laughs> around and pretends to be Scrooge. Um, and they all laugh. They think it's very funny. And Scrooge is fucking furious. <laughs> He's like, oh my god. I want to kill you. <laughs> um, and we get, we get basically, he just kind of states outright what his, pro- his problem with Gladstone is. Which is that, like, Scrooge values hard work. And he kind of equates it to success. So this is kind of the root of his problem with both Donald and Gladstone. Which is that he doesn't recognize Donald's hard work because he's never had any success. <laughs> <laughs> so he just assumes he's not working hard and he calls him a deadbeat or, or whatever. Um, yeah. So he kind of just kind of assumes that if Donald just worked harder, everything would work out for him. Um, which is incredibly frustrating <laughs> for Donald. Because okay, okay, the okay, is against him. I know! Okay, cartoon capitalist. <laughs> I know! It's so funny. 
Um, and he also despises Gladstone for a similar reason, which is that he's like constantly succeeding without any work whatsoever, and he doesn't care. He doesn't regret it. He doesn't have any problem with it. Yeah, he 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 calls him a freeloader. He calls him a freeloader, and Gladstone does like he like he's like yeah, I absolutely am. And he does not take it insult at all. He's like, yeah, that's awesome. That is exactly what I am. I don't do any work and the universe rewards me. Yeah, Gladstone's like, fuck, yes. This is what it's like, be me. Awesome. He's having a great time. He is completely <laughs> unapologetic. Um, but also, I think Gladstone's a bit of a threat to Scrooge's ego because he could very easily become the richest, like, half-duck, half-goose in the whole world if he just, like, <laughs> put his mind to it and he just doesn't because he's not interested. Like, exactly. he could just go out and get a million lottery tickets and fucking do whatever and like he could just buy random stocks like he could do mm. anything and he could become the like the richest the richest person in the world and he doesn't and that's kind of a threat to scrooge who prides himself very highly on being the richest duck in the world um, yeah it's a it's because he again equates it to hard work it's a symbol of all the hard work he's done um mm. the fact that like he's 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 very threatened by, by gladstone i think is a concept <laughs> um yes and there's also a cute bit where uh where louis yells best uncle and he dies into this tub of casino tokens and i was right i was right when i brought it up Mm -hmm. in dime in um in dime chase how he's kind of better at moving through the coins than uh, than the others yes yes. he swims effortlessly through the casino tokens um he does it's very it's um, very cute it's um I, I like the idea that it's like it's like a it's like a family trait. It's like a it's a gene that you you know you have or yeah, you don't. That you get um, if you're green. But <laughs> you get it, you get it if you're green or you're rich. Yeah. yeah. Um. Mm. Uh, so I was I was very excited to to have that confirmed that when he kind of swims yes. in screw style. And then we get two very yes. cute little interactions when like so like Scrooge is like fuck this, we are going to the temple of the Golden Cricket, and the kids are like fuck yes. Temple, woo! Yeah, they've 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 put their heads against the window and pretended they were falling. They, they achieved everything they wanted to achieve. <laughs> <laughs> they have they have they have they have like they have experienced everything that needs to experience in the call. Yeah, so Scrooge is like, "Come on, let's go!" And he has does a very cute thing where he like pretends to monster chase the kids out. Where he's it's like, so ah. cute. It's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> and he's like chasing them out. It's very very cute. Um. And uh, and then Louis's like, no, I want to stay with Gladstone a while longer. We just got here, which is true. Um, yes. And Gladstone kind of, uh, when he's kind of talking to Gladstone, Gladstone ruffles his hair, and he's like, yeah. it's it's a it's a cute it's a cute little kind of affectionate scene. Um, and mm-hmm. Donald is like, yeah, okay, you can stay, but I'm also going to stay to keep an eye on you because it's Gladstone and I hate him. Um, <laughs> and just before Donald kind of admits this, when Donald seems like he's about to leave. Um, Gladstone bursts out of the tub and scatters tokens everywhere instead of like as water, because um, he like kind of visibly panics as soon as it seems like Donald's about to leave with the rest of them. Yes, and starts trying to convince yes. him to stay. So Scrooge and the kids kind of try and head out, um, and they're interrupted by the mm-hmm. casino's proprietor, Toad Lou High, and he kind of does some like card tricks and shit. Um, and tries to kind of impress them, but the kids are like put, very visibly put off, and Scrooge is <laughs> irritated. Mm-hmm. He, 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 I really like how he, I like he's like he's like ugh, street magic. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> very uh, funny. I love I love more than anything Scrooge's um, 
Scrooge's Scrooge's dislikes. I love it when he just has like a complete complete disgust for something, and it's always something like street magic or Santa yeah. Claus. <laughs> <laughs> something something evil. Um, so like they're about to leave, and that's fine. But uh, Huey gets immediately entranced by the floor show and the incomparable power of a dude in a leotard. I love the I love the the aquarium scene. It's <laughs> so funny to me it's like it's it's because it, at first like at first Huey's not impressed he's like this is this is like stupid this is a waste of water <laughs> and then and then the lasers come out and there's the water dancing and there's the voiceover telling the story of Aquarium the waters of Aquarium <laughs> and he is entranced um it's very I, I I did know that it's very it's very interesting and very funny that this is like that this is Huey's hook because yeah. normally for Huey yeah. the hook would be something like a puzzle or a search for information or like Something kind of like that actually appeals to his specific interests, but this is just kind of like a spectacle, which to me is more of a dewy thing to be distracted by. Um, it also it also it also makes a lot of sense in the fact that this is just like is this like a because <laughs> he's like I've never been so calm, and he's a, such a he's a highly strung little boy. Yeah. Um. So it's very it's 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 very funny that this is like he is distracted by this like this this man in a leotard dancing with water yeah and um he's so relaxed by it yeah i think that uh i think it's very interesting that kiwi apparently needs inner peace so badly that he like (laughs) it's so desperate for the sense of calm that he becomes like entranced by this by this water show um Mm. and i think it's i think it's just interesting because like dewey and webby's temptations are fairly uh track pretty well with their interests up to this point right yeah um, yeah yeah we've got we've got a tiger and then so, food i think so yeah we've got a we've got a an interesting kind of little turn there for for huey to be interested in something that doesn't track with like his fucking interests on his character sheet like his likes you know it doesn't yeah doesn't say he loves fucking men leotards but here he is <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Here's, here's the proof, guys. Yeah, it's um, it's nice. It's nice. I like it. I like that. I like that Huey's um, just so entranced by this like this hypnotic uh, you know, water dancing. Um, it's very like it's very like I don't know. It's very cute. Um, yeah, I he's, like uh, it. He's just so desperate for uh to to, to calm down. <laughs> he just <laughs> he just wants to calm down. Um, mm. so meanwhile, kind of uh, Gladstone takes Louis to get dressed up and pampered. Donald is also there. Um, we get Gladstone's first nickname for Louis, which is Green Bean. Um, I love I love Gladstone's nickname so much. I was trying to write them all down, but I know I forgot a couple. Um, I think uh, uh, earlier he calls he, he he calls he says D money earlier on. I think he says like D bomb or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, it's got some fun ones for Scrooge. He calls him Uncle McDunkle. Um, he calls him my favorite one is um he calls him a screwdriver screwdriver size screwdriver McDonald's size which is incredible it's, I love that one a lot I I'm, I'm a big fan of Uncle McDonald because I'm pretty sure he brings it out right at the end when they've like Scrooge just <laughs> cursed Donald to entrapment within the casino <laughs> <laughs> and he's like I, um, Uncle McDonald it's very funny I love the nicknames so much. And I also like, I feel, I think this is, I think Frank said this at some point, which is that, um, uh, it was, you know, it's, it's a lot of like the, 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 you know, the extra, like the, the extraneous law, quote unquote law about like Gladstone that is, is jokes. um, <laughs> that is kind of, it, it, it's all still jokes. Like it's, yeah. it's like the stuff that, the stuff that Frank answers, I like, asks about on top of it. It's like, it's jokes, obviously. 
But my favorite one that I think that he said about Gladstone is that he doesn't know anybody's he doesn't know anybody's names. He just guesses every single time and is correct. Yeah, <laughs> which is so funny to me. It's very but, um, funny. I love, he, I love the jokes. Um, it's so good. And then there's obviously like he doesn't know how to go upstairs, which mm-hmm. again, you know, there's there's el- there's like there's elevators here, so he would need to go upstairs. Yeah, um, he's never been in a building that didn't have an elevator, or that a, a, mm-hmm. a gust of wind and whimsically blow him up the stairs. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, so it, again, it's again, it's kind of like I, I, it's it, again, it's so easy to make Gladstone into like a tragic figure, but it's so much better <laughs> if he's just stupid and funny. He's so dumb. I love mm-hmm. him. Um, he's he's a bit stupid and evil. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he's not self-aware enough to be. The thing is, if he had a moment of introspection and realized how evil his situation was, he would become catastrophically mm. depressed. But he will never have that moment. <laughs> But yeah, but so we've, the, the the little um the like the fitting Louis for a little suit is so unbearably cute. It's I love so like cute. It's like it's so I love like, I love when they get dressed Louis up. Wants. It's so cute. I love it so much. Um, does he also does he wear the same thing in Happy Birthday Do for Drake? I swear to God, he does. Yeah, it's the same suit. Yeah. Okay. Thank God. I thought so. Even though this suit is just a just a card, um. He evidently likes the likes the fit of it so much that he gets yeah, out he of his style. Yeah, it's very cute. He's just he's so he's so he's so he's just a little dapper man. He's so, so cute. and I I love that this is how kind of Gladstone treats him is to is to kind of play to what play to what Huey what Louis wants, which is to be pampered yeah. and you know be ex- to look expensive and to and to and to look yeah. luxurious and to you know. To play into the image mm. of this kind of thing, so he kind of takes him out to to get a to get a nice suit, and it's very cute. And meanwhile, Donald steals the tuxedo print graphic tee and gets curb stomped. <laughs> I like the um, I like the because Donald Donald is like putting together some kind of like fancy outfit. Like it's it's um, it's definitely something. It has a lot of colors <laughs> happening in it. Um, his like his suit, like his top hat with a flower in it. And then he obviously, when um when Gladstone tells him to like put the suits, you know, uh, on his account, they're like, oh no 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 no, it's it's um all the payment is that you're wearing it out in the world. And then obviously Donald gets told that he has to pay like two thousand dollars cash. Um, but I just love the idea that that Donald is just like so petty that he's like, no, I will look fancy. I will get a graphic tee. <laughs> it's very it's so cute. Funny. I I I am a sucker for any gag that culminates in the tuxedo print graphic tee. <laughs> Yes, I think they're very funny. Um, I think my brother actually owns one for real. Uh, oh, Tapas, why, why would you do this? <laughs> uh, he owns many graphic tees. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, that's like the time that my brother um, went to Dublin on his own and came back with a fedora. Oh god, I think Tavis actually no, I don't... Tavis didn't have a fedora. He had like a like a trilby or something. He had the one that everyone was like really elitist about. Like, oh, it's not a fedora. Oh god. Um, oh, god. but he had a couple of them, and he he would wear them. He would wear them to school when he was like <gasps> eleven. So um, <laughs> the old, older brother syndrome. Um, yeah, it really. Is. <laughs> uh, so so like Tom gets like steals steals the graffiti and gets the shit beat out of him, and he's like, oh god, <laughs> Uncle John's the unluckiest guy in the world, and Glasson very ominously says that he's quote counting on it, um, mm. and he kind of ushers Louis away from the watchful eyes of Toad Luhai. And uh, so, meanwhile, kind of back with Scrooge and the kids, the fucking water show finally ends. 
<laughs> and they look like they want to kill themselves. <laughs> they look so exhausted and so funny. It's very funny because Jui and Webby are exactly the people who would get invested in stories like that. Yes. They would totally be into it. It just shows how fucking dog shit that show was. <laughs> that they're both yeah. fucking like, they want to die. It's awesome. And they they drag Huey away from it. And Scrooge takes another <laughs> run at kind of getting the kids out of the casino. Um, and we get Huey's fucking comical depression after being taken away from the Leotard water guy. <laughs> he's like, he, lo- he's, he looks so sad. Um, Glassman takes Louie and Donald around uh, the casino to play the games. Um, and he mm-hmm. keeps encouraging Donald to play the games. Um, which he fails at horribly. And it's just kind of it's a good way to kind of show the kind of extent of Gladstone's luck that he literally can't not win the games. Um, and that yes. Donald's luck is so catastrophically bad in like, in, in like, you know, in, uh, in contrast that he doesn't just like fail at them. It, it fucking causes massive property damage and gives him a black eye and possibly, <laughs> yes. possibly leads to a fatality on the part of Aquarian. <laughs> Yes! I really want to interpret that scene as Aquarian having been like crushed to death by a wheel. Yes. Yeah, I love, I love, I just love the um, I I love like Donald like you know, uh, because he you know he slips on the confetti that comes down when like Gladstone wins a like you know like a hundredth person walking in the room or whatever it is prize like he slips on the confetti and then he like gets so mad at like the the pachinko machine that he knocks it over and he. He probably like you know he he fucking dies. Um, he's crushed by a huge machine. He's dead. Um, he's dead. Donald Duck died That's, today, unfortunately. Yeah, end of it. And it's like um, and it's it's just very funny. <laughs> it's 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 what Donald does best. He does a lot of really good physical comedy and slapstick. Yeah, I'm very surprised that the uh that the fucking pinball machine didn't collapse on him and then like bounce back up and he came up like an accordion. And walked away and made the. <laughs> I was just thinking, no wonder Louis is so fucked up if Gladstone is a role model. Like most kids, they don't get a role. They don't get someone in their lives who like actually has this lifestyle that they have. To, like everything pays off for them. Fucking Scrooge has yeah. no chance of instilling the value of hard work in Louis if Gladstone is his role model. <laughs> He's been he's had no chance. He's been he's been doomed from the start. Yeah. Louis fucked up. Mm. This is not gonna work. Um, <laughs> the corrupting influence of Gladstone Gander. So, um, meanwhile, you know, Luhai kind of arrives to tempt Dewey with a tiger of his very own, which is the most direct way to a young boy's heart, because like, fuck me, if I had been when I was ten offered a tiger, I would have done anything. <laughs> anything. Uh-huh, me too. Anything. Literally, it's like, it is, it is like the, the, the most like, it's the, it's also, it's like the stupidest thing to give a 10 year old because like, that's a fucking tiger. He's going to kill himself. Yeah. Like he, he literally, he's a 10 year old baby child. He runs directly at two huge tigers and like touches them and gets in their faces and like screams at them. And it's like, oh my God, he's like, you can't give it. And, and I think Scrooge exemplifies it by saying, you can't give a child a tiger, especially not this child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do like I do like seeing whenever um, Scrooge kind of says something that kind of belies how he kind of views the kids, and we're gonna see yes. it later. I think in uh, in the Dark Knight Rises, or Duck Knight Rises, or whatever, um, that uh, that uh, 
um, Scrooge considers Dewey to be the most childish child he knows. Um, but uh, we get this very funny bit where uh, where Dewey stares directly at the eyes of the tiger and goes, "Does staring in your is just staring in their eyes make them not want to kill you, or does it make them want to kill you more?" <laughs> <laughs> he's so excited to be mauled to death by a tiger he thinks it's so fun um, it's awesome it's awesome and the thing is Scrooge Scrooge is not wrong like you could make the barest justification of an argument for giving any of the other kids a tiger like Huey knows things he could probably like keep himself alive Webby could kill a tiger yeah. I'm not going to argue that yeah. Louis I don't think Louis, I don't know what Louis would do with a tiger instinct not to go near yeah. it Louis has much more of a, a, a drive to actually survive, but Dewey would Dewey would die. Dewey would kill himself. Yeah. Um and also uh we get a we get a fun little kind of uh bit of a how how quickly Scrooge gives up being responsible for children. <laughs> he's just like, oh whatever, you just have to change the litter. <laughs> he's like fucking nah. <laughs> It's very funny. It's very funny. It's like it's 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 um it's. <laughs> I like Dewey's kind of emotional manipulation by being like, I've already named him and I'm already super emotionally attached. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it, it, there's some very good line readings from Ben Schwartz here. It's very, he's, he's oh, very yes. cute. He's so excited. He's so desperate. Yes. Ben Schwartz is such a good voice for Dewey. He's fantastic. He's really good. Um, we also get a, some absolute, an absolutely incredible example that I only, I don't think I would have picked up on had we not watched um, Moonlander last week, which is that this is the first example of Dewey's like making enemies of anybody who gets more attention than him. Um, yeah. Example, that guy at the mall with, mall with the iguana. Yes, he's like, I have the coolest exotic pet. Yeah, he um, just like, he, he, he makes nemesis out of people, out of strangers that like, it's also very fun because like, we get this kind of, uh, there's something that, like, not really so much here, but in other episodes, we do get this kind of sense that Dewey kind of makes relationships with people outside of the cast, that he's, yeah, he's a very social person. He, like, mm -hmm. hangs out, like, not that he has, like, friends as such, but that he, like, knows people and takes an interest in people. And, you know, he, he kind of, has people in his life that he's not necessarily friends with, but that he interacts with outside of uh, outside of their friends and their family and the people that we yeah. kind of get to see. That Dewey has this very, very this very rich kind of social life that we that we're that we're not privy <laughs> to. It's very funny, um, and it's kind of easy to see what how that kind of comes about um, when we kind of look back at like Day Trip of Doom and like when he was playing in the arcade and he had like a group of people around him, you know, he, yeah. he gets attention. He's, he's an attention kind of seeking person. He mm -hmm. gets attention from people. He gets to know people. He's, he's uh, the, definitely the most social out of the kids. Um, yeah, definitely. But he does, he does uh, form grudges against people who have something he doesn't. <laughs> Like, <laughs> like, like an iguana or an or a near death experience. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. Um, I love it's Jimmy. Awesome. Fucked up little guy. He's awesome. Um, so in the mean in the meantime, um, Gladstone kind of continues trying to get uh Donald to play games, um, kind of increasingly desperately. 
Um, mm-hmm. Which is what leads to the uh, the casino wheel crushing and killing Aquarian. <laughs> yes, the... I, 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 firm, I firmly agree that Aquarian died. <laughs> it has to be true, uh, especially because I absolutely am obsessed with, like, the the wheel rolls off screen, we get, like, the very prolonged, like, crashing and screaming and them wincing, and then we get the uh, the announcement over the loudspeaker that the show, the Aquarian show has been cancelled, and then we get Huey's fucking heart-rending scream. <laughs> It's awesome. It's, it's awesome. So funny. I firmly believe Donald got killed a man today. Like I, well, I am. He's not. He's not a man. He's a. He's a card construct. But I believe that Aquarian got he, he, You know what I like mean. A he, bug. He he com- he committed virtual murder. Yeah. Um. Good uh, for him. This is also the, this is also <laughs> the scene in which I actually noticed that that Don- that Gladstone is actually significantly taller than Donald. Mm. That uh, it's kind of a combination of uh, him actually being taller than Donald, and Donald's just uh, having quite bad posture. But uh, yeah, he's 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 taller than Donald. He has a longer beak. Yeah, yes, I, I like the longer beak. That's a very yeah. Um, I think I think I you can't... pointed that out to me like the other week. Um, yeah, it's actually like a, yeah. uh, it's like 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 a design feature of his. Like obviously because he's he's half goose, so like it it like. Yeah. Makes sense that he like. I think he also has a bit of yeah. a longer neck as well, in in keeping with the goose thing. Yeah, and he, he has the he has the he he has his like his like chest feathers as well, which is quite charming. The, the visible um, chest hair, yeah, that's very funny. That's his very, chest hair, very characterful. Um, I think it's also the, like his character design is kind of done to kind of exaggerate like the long neck kind of goose thing, with, yeah. like the open collar. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and also just like establishing him as kind of like a sleazy guy. <laughs> You know, mm. bit of a fucker. Um, <laughs> but I just like that. I like uh, I like I like him being taller than Donald. I think it's a it's a cute little kind of feature to put in. Um, yeah. And then we get a kind of Gladstone kind of continues to take Donald around, and we see Donald uh, playing. You know, guess how many fingers I'm holding up. Um, and he's <laughs> stubbornly <laughs> insisting that he's holding up twenty seven fingers. Uh, to to William Gladstone's kind of mutual bemusement, <laughs> funny, little, funny little kind of interaction between them, where Louis like, "How does he think that he's holding up twenty seven fingers?" And Gladstone yeah. goes, "I don't know, Lou. I just don't know." Yeah, I noticed that he called him calls him, Lou, calls him a Lou. derivative of his name. Yeah, yeah, it's a cute one. I, th- I, it's, a, it's yeah, very I like cute. It. I, I, that's I like nickname it. number two, uh, for yes. for Louis. Um, and uh, I, it's a good it's a good example on Donald's behalf on Donald's part of how uh, on how his stubbornness just takes over all sense because he's an insane person. Yes. He is an insane person because he is guessing twenty seven on how many fingers am I holding up, <laughs> and he's like he's so firm in the belief that eventually he's going to be right. Yeah, <laughs> it's very funny. Uh, it's awesome. It's just an example of how he gets he how how, how stubborn he is. Um, mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Luhai kind of arrives and tries to foil Scrooge's latest escape attempt um, by tempting Webby this time with a buffet of foods from across the world. And I really like this yes. because it's consistent in that Webby is always passionate about learning about other cultures, which is just like mm-hmm. a character trait that comes directly from her shelteredness and her inability yes. to experience anything. She wants 
she's wanted so long and so badly to live out in the world and to find out how other people live out in the world that like learning about mm-hmm. other cultures and what they do and what they eat is such a, a key part of that um so this is like kind of uh a very uh both a very kind of understandable because it's food it's sweets it's nice things yeah um, for a child and also appealing to her specifically um yeah and we get this very funny kind of thing where she tries she tries to resist it for scrooge's sake which is very cute that she's Mm -hmm. like trying to be like loyal to him and impress him by like you know not being uh not being distracted like the other two um and then she sees there's a chocolate fountain and sprints off and sticks her whole head in it she looks like the bird from the oh, okay. Give hang on, hang on. Listen, here comes slut. <clears throat> Listen, here comes slut. I bet you five million dollars that you don't own a bird. But guess what? I own seven. And I can tell you right now that a bird would never just walk into something like a chocolate fountain. They'll rarely walk directly into water. But say that your idiotic theory is correct. Say that she did walk into it. That animal still probably died. Is that still funny to you? Do you still get your kicks out of knowing that bird was probably terrified and opening its mouth to scream in that last panel? And if you say yes, then you seriously disgust me as a human being. I'm so glad. I am so glad. I, I did. I have gotten written in my notes. Listen, here comes slot, but I don't have the full copy of So thank you so much for getting that. It's so funny. It's it really because she really does. She really does like put her whole like she like leans back into it and opens her mouth. Yeah. It's um. Yeah. It's awesome. It's very good. It's very good, and it's also very a very funny little interaction between her and Toad Luhai, where he's like, "Oh, you can stick anything at it," and he's like, "You know, my hand, your hand," and he's like, "Yeah, uh, I guess." <laughs> um. So back with Gladstone and Donald, um, he's, uh, he kind of comes over to try and like, um, get get Donald away from fucking killing this guy for not holding up twenty seven fingers. Um, but he keeps like accidentally winning it by just using words that sound like numbers. Um, and mm. he and he wins two new cars, and his kind of composure starts to crack. He's like, fuck, yes. he's on the brink of losing it. He is so frustrated. He and he kind of mm. grits that like, like that he just can't not win. That he's a uh, he is really really frustrated and having a really hard time. Um. And kind of down the glass and start arguing because Louis is so starstruck by like fucking two new cars. Um, <laughs> and it brings to like kind of the core conflict that will always kind of keep Donald Gladstone apart, which is that Gladstone being anywhere in existence makes Donald look like a loser in comparison because Gladstone's always going to yeah. give the kids things that Donald can't. And the kids, because they're children, are going to really like appreciate him and love him for it. Um, mm. And also, Don's very frustrated because he came to Macaw because Gladstone needed help, and instead he just got humiliated in front of Louis, which is like yeah. what really bothers Donald is that you know he's, uh, I think, quite kind of um, insecure about like being good enough for the kids, and yeah, Glad- yeah, definitely. Gladstone's presence kind of seems to confirm those insecurities that he's not good enough because he can't afford to bring them mm. to places like this, and you know give them all these kind of like luxury things that that they that they enjoy um and it would be really interesting if we got an actual response from gladstone here but because he's still trying to get donald to fuck up the casino uh he has to like not respond to it and instead encourage him to keep playing so we get an incredibly hilarious <laughs> fucking through grit teeth your luck is bound to change 
<laughs> it's awesome. I love the like um, I I love I love the 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 the, the shot of like Gladstone kind of like being annoyed with his luck because it's kind of like the first yeah sign of yeah. him being like aware that maybe this isn't awesome all the time um of course nothing really comes of it he doesn't really care or change in the end this is just because it's like like because it's getting annoying in this particular situation but it is very funny that he's like it, it's it, at at some level aware that this isn't awesome all the time yeah um that his that his luck yeah. does kind of work against him and that's like this is how he's been trapped in this casino because his luck is very specific in the way it operates. It gives him, it it, mm-hmm. it makes him win. It gives him luxury, and that's not yes. going to help him. You know, it's yeah. it, his luck. Yeah, yeah. The casino causes his luck to actually work against him, so he's mm. completely at a loss, and he's getting more and more frustrated because in the casino he keeps on getting rewarded, but these rewards mean nothing. Yeah. Which is a very like this is like the the first situation in his life where this is where like winning is bad. Yeah. And so like yeah. ob- obvious obviously he's kind of like he does like you know starts to like panic a little bit like when um because when when Donald when Donald like when he says to Donald oh your luck is gonna change but Donald just kind of storms off and then Louis like oh well okay we can go like play some games and then Gladstone Gladstone asshole Gander tells this ten year old child I don't need you I need him which is like. Such a fucking rude thing to say to a child yeah. who admires you. Yeah, I, I know he's heartbroken. He's very, he's very. He upset. is so hurt. He is so so hurt. It's and an like, awful, it's really awful. To like... It holds on the frame of 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 Louis looking very upset. But unfortunately, all yeah. I could think of when I was looking at it was Louis just going ah. <laughs> 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 it's the face ah. he's making. Ah. 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 Um, it's um. It it really kind of speaks to like this is like, because be, be, because the only exposure that, that the kids have had to Gladstone is like you know a day here and there like every now and then and it's it's the fun uncle mm. so like the fact that they've never seen him under pressure because he's never been under pressure before yeah. it's like it's it's yeah. like it's a huge betrayal because they've never even like yeah. Louis has never even considered yeah. that he could be he could be a, a mean person. Because um, yeah, he's never been put under this kind of pressure. Glassman has absolutely no idea how to deal with pressure either. Like another yeah. adult, like if you compare it, for example, with Fethry, uh, Fethry was under a tremendous amount of pressure when he was in the sub lab because he was going to die very literally, literally <laughs> any day, and also very literally. But like <laughs> as we've as we've talked about in in depth outside the podcast, Fethry was doomed he was gonna die if nobody mm-hmm. came for him nobody was answering yes. he was under an enormous amount of pressure the entire suburb was falling apart there were monsters in the vents fucking everything was happening and the whole time he's really nice to the kids and he doesn't well obviously exactly. it's just not in his nature to like fr- be frustrated or snap but like feathery is someone who has experience being under pressure gladstone has yeah. no idea how to deal with hardship he doesn't know how of course he snaps of course, he's like he can't keep himself composed. Yeah, so this is like Gladstone's fatal flaw is like his fatal flaw is his luck because it cushions him so much that he has no idea how to do anything really. Yeah. Um, and this is like obviously yeah. this is like the crux of um Phantom and the Sorceress is what happens when he doesn't have his luck. But like this is like kind of a more like uh like a a, a small look at that where it's like a situation where his luck isn't doing what he wants it to yeah where it's um, not actually so it's interesting and where he has to 
he has to rely on like the real problem here is that he's relying on something other than his luck which is that he's relying on Donald but he can't communicate yeah. <laughs> he can't say hey I need yes. your help because he is being fucking trapped here by a vampire so yeah. he is like instead having to trust completely in and rely on someone else who has no reason to help him because he fucking hates him and he's kind of mm. getting more and more frustrated because he really doesn't have anything to offer Donald or any kind of real reason to get him to help him. Um, and he snaps at Huey. Not Why do I keep saying Huey to Louis? Um, you do this a lot, I've noticed. <laughs> I, have, I have had to go through the podcast and edit out so many bits where I just say the wrong name. <laughs> uh, basically, kind of Gresno snaps at Louis, and he's pretty kind of... Uh, it's a very horrible little moment, because, like, he yeah. doesn't have the context for why Gladstone is stressed out or upset. And he hasn't picked up on the fact that Gladstone has kind of been kind of cracking, you know, under the pressure as this yeah. has been going on. Yeah. And been kind of unable to maintain his composure. But like up to this point, he's idolized this guy. And it's a nice little moment of like the moment where your idolization of like a family member kind of crumbles. Um, yeah, you become, like realizing that these are people. Yeah, when you just it just it, like usually it's as small as just like kind of noticing something, or something like this that kind of just snaps you out of it, where you realize that like oh they can do things that upset me or that I don't like, that this isn't like you know a perfect guy, and it just gets held off for so long with Gladstone because he is like someone who visits rarely and gets to play the part of the cool uncle, you know. Yeah. Uh. So. This is this is Louis's moment for that, where his idolization kind of gets the, the the image kind of gets shattered a little bit, um, and it's it's really sad because we've seen throughout their all their interactions this episode that Louis really really truly wants to impress Gladstone and be liked by him, you know? Yeah, he's and like Louis more than Louis more than anyone, yeah, specifically. yeah. Um, because Louis like, and it's was very interesting in the elevator when he was very very nervous about like how he how he looked and like. You know whether whether it was embarrassing to show up to Gladstone wearing the same kind of stuff he always wears, um, how Gladstone would think of him, because like we really don't see Louis behave that way to anyone else. No, no, like his relationship with Scrooge is kind of complicated, but he doesn't kind of worry about impressing him or like mm. being kind of liked. And by and him. even even though even though he like. He has, he has, you know, a lot of, like, issues with, like, he has a lot of, like, um, issues with, like, self-doubt. And, like, he does a lot of, um, you know, pretending to be more confident than he is, mm -hmm. which is um, kind of a major feature of his, of his whole character. So it's really interesting that he just completely drops that yeah. for Gladstone yeah. specifically and nobody else. Like, he, he actively freaks out for Gladstone. I don't think he, like, does that for literally any other character. It's kind of, um, I think, an example of... Um, uh how Louis is willing to make himself vulnerable for um, very specific people. And it's two people that we've mm -hmm. seen Louis put his guard down and let himself be vulnerable towards and like very earnestly wanted to impress and be liked by. And it's Gladstone and Goldie. Yeah. Very interesting yeah. characters that he picks. Um, yes. He has, he, he has a type for like family member or like, you know, 
fa- family member in quote, family member. Yeah. That I, like pseudo family member that I that I desperately want to be like or like impress. Yeah. Um, yeah. That they're they're people that he idolizes because they both share a kind of a, they both share a kind of a hedonistic kind of lifestyle of kind of un, un, being unapologetically indulgent, um, which yeah. is something that everybody else in his family kind of denounces. Nobody else, yeah. nobody else, kind of approves of that kind of lifestyle of of just like kind of reveling and being like slothful or whatever. Um, yeah, and Gladstone and Goldie are the two adults who are like living this like objectively fantastic life you know they're yeah. <laughs> they're rich Glassman's technically rich Goldie's rich um they're like able to afford whatever they want and do whatever they want they're totally free they can they're not like tied down you know it's all stuff that 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 Louis really admires and they're people who have succeeded mm-hmm. without any of this like hard work stuff that Scrooge is always spouting or anything like that and yeah. any of that stuff that he doesn't really that he can't really relate to because Scrooge's idea of hard work isn't one that he can do. It's not his strength. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not something he yeah. feels like he's able to do. Um yeah. so Gladstone and Goldie are kind of like important kind of role models to him because they're kind of examples that like maybe the way he is isn't bad, that he can succeed, you know, even yeah. even if he's not yeah. like smart like Huey or tough like Dewey. Um, yeah. Which is why it's um it's kind of a, a, a big moment for, for Louis to kind of like the like the idolization, his idolization of Gladstone to kind of break in this episode mm-hmm. is kind of a big thing. Yeah. Because idolizing Gladstone yeah, like idolizing Gladstone isn't really gonna get him anywhere because he doesn't have his luck. Nobody can Yeah exactly nobody can get to where Gladstone Gander is unless they're Gladstone Gander because <laughs> his luck is <laughs> his, his luck is just is, is a form of magic. It's insane. Um yeah. And then he kind of he kind of kind of switches that idolization kind of onto onto Goldie a bit, um, as someone yeah. who not only kind of achieves a lot of what a lot of what he wants to achieve without like the power of the power of like a supernatural good luck, but is also respected by Scrooge is very important, I think. Yes. That... Yes. And and I think the thing is that that uh, she's respected by Scrooge because she is like because she's sly and she's because she's crafty and she's, you know, she's yeah because and, and because that's that is that is louis kind of like his only strength and that's something that he he is very aware that generally is frowned upon because like you know yeah all he's good at is like yeah. scheming so and like his family hate that because like it just causes trouble and so the fact that scrooge respects goldie and goldie shares this character trait of good at scheming you know good at uh you know thinking of uh interesting ways to do things and manipulate people is very much like kind of legitimizing Louis's like desires and Louis's Louis the way that Louis wants to live his life. Yeah. Um mm. and it's interesting that these are the people that he trusts himself to, that he like trusts to be vulnerable with, right? That yeah. he doesn't kind of fear being vulnerable with them the same way he does Scrooge and particularly Della that he doesn't let yes. himself be vulnerable with Della. And it's possibly because you know He's afraid that Della and Scrooge will disapprove of him, that they won't understand him, that they'll think that he's a bad person or that he's lazy or cheating mm. or whatever, which is kind of true. Um, so he kind of, I guess, trusts Goldie and uh, Goldie and Gladstone not to think those things about him because they're the same way. 
Yeah. Louis is very interesting. He's, yeah. a, he's a fucked up little boy. I I love Louis. I'm I'm so excited to get to like a lot of the like the meaty Louis episodes. In yeah. Two. Yeah. Yeah. He's so good. Um. So Gladstone Gladstone has uh has you know kind of shattered shattered Louis uh Louis uh view of him here, um because he's panicking because if Donald leaves, that's Gladstone's kind of last chance of escaping the 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 casino. Um, yeah, and he can't keep the act up anymore. Um, so meanwhile, kind of Scrooge has tricked Lou High into bringing him near the exit by pretending to check in, and he makes a run for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. And uh, you know, despite all of these temptations that the kids were enjoying, they have absolutely no problem leaving the casino. You know. Yes. Uh, they're not the right kind of people to be trapped here. You know. Yeah. Um, they they care more about actual adventure than the flashy stuff. Yeah, so they're happy to go, and Donald kind of runs in and says, "I'm done with this. I'm going home." Um, yeah, and Gladstone sprints to try and stop them from leaving, and he is tripped by a ghostly shackle, revealing that he's been tripped mm. within the casino's walls for some time. Yes. Um, um. A little a little moment here that I really like is that. Even though he is pissed the fuck off, Donald still helps Gladstone get up. He does. He takes <laughs> him by the arm and helps him stand. Um, it's very cute. It's so it's so like Donald is such a nice guy. Like he's so he's so like there's no like he could just he should have just left Gladstone on the ground. He really should have. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> he would have he would have been totally justified in like making Gladstone pick himself up. But no, he he helps his cousin because he's a, he's a nice person. He's a good guy. It's second nature. Um, it's a nice little illustration of, uh, of, of, yes. of of Donald's like nature, which is that no matter how much he hates someone or how much, like the concept of family is kind of ingrained in him. If yeah, if yeah. someone is there and they need his help and he can offer it, he does it without really thinking about it. Yeah. Um, which is so nice. I love Donald. I love Donald Duck very, very, very much. Donald's great. I love, I love Gladstone and Donald because their relationship is just so fucked up. They're like <laughs> evil. Uh, it's just extremely <laughs> funny because Gladstone holds no ill will towards anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so like everybody hates him and he's just kind of bouncing around. Yeah, he like it, my, one of my favorite things about Gladstone is that he holds no ill will. He's like never. I don't think he knows like how to be malicious, but he's such an asshole. He's an he's asshole. So good at being an asshole, but he has no. There's like no meaning behind it. No, he's never. He's just so self-involved because yeah. Because unfortunately, well, why wouldn't he be? It isn't true, but the universe does revolve around him. <laughs> like yeah, it, does. it actually does. Everything is tailored to him. Of course, he's self-involved. There's no. There's physically no way he can't be. Um. So yeah. he's like, he does think he he's an asshole. He's smug. He's sees no problem in like flaunting what he's what he's got. He has like no conception of other people's like suffering or like yeah, <laughs> you know. But we will kind of see in the Phantom and the Sorceress that uh he. He's terrified of turning into Donald um, and having, <laughs> having to struggle. That is, that is such a that is such a like um, 
I do love that Drake in, in Phantom of the Source. It's, it's like very like very horrible when you think about it. That's the greatest view of it. It's also like very funny. Yeah, it is very it is very funny. Again, again, Gladstone is fucked up if you think about it, but don't think about it because it's funny. Don't think about it because he's not thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> he's not bothered. Why should you be? Yeah, uh, Gladstone's also that that's that's very funny because it just kind of brings up the idea in the Phantom of the Sorcerers that maybe he's been like thinking about what his life is is going to be like from now on if he can't get his luck back mm. and that he's fucking terrified yeah. of, of having to turn into Donald and work mm. hard and still not get shit. Um, <laughs> like this, that's, like, that's, that's like his yardstick for failure. Yeah. It's so sad. <laughs> he never considers that he might be a person with normal luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is where Lu Hai reveals his, his true form. Um, that, yeah. he, that he is... Uh, that he's a luck vampire, uh, the god, of, the god of chance and fortune, um, mm-hmm. and that the casino is built out of playing cards. Um, that it's kind of a form of illusion magic, and that all of the uh, the inhabitants and the tiger and the clothes and everything that existed within the casino is uh, just a, just a construct. Um, I love the the sequence where everything like turns into playing cards and like the, the casino building like folds up and dissolves. It's so cool. It's very cool. Um, uh so it's 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 very cool also because like Gladstone has been the only real person in this entire casino this whole time. Yeah. He's been trapped with Luhai and only Luhai because all the constructs are just extensions of him. Um and he's obviously like frightened of Luhai, you know? Like mm. he's not been having a good time. <laughs> and also, like, we brought it up in uh in the pilot, but like we can assume that he's been here at least since the pilot. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's... since he wasn't available for babysitting purposes. Yeah, so it's um, been a it's been a second. It's been a while. I remember um, I remember um, uh, like back way, way, way back early days when like um, I think probably just when this episode was announced, actually. People were like thinking, "Oh, it's the House of Lucky Gander." People were thinking that like that Gladstone was like the owner or like the proprietor of a casino, mm-hmm. which is um. So I think that was kind of like the main uh, theory about what was going to happen in this episode. Which is very funny that it turns out that he's actually just the sucker. Yeah, it would be very it's sucker in a very literal sense, and it <laughs> it would be very very funny if uh, it's very funny to imagine Gladstone as a business owner. <laughs> he, he doesn't know how to do anything. He doesn't give a shit. Why would you run a casino? He doesn't care. Because there's no reason. There is no reason for him to own a casino. He gets no benefit out of it. Like, yeah. he doesn't need like the income. Like, like yeah. I guess it's like I don't know, like socializing purposes. Like, like you need to go down and like talk to people. Maybe if he but, like, there's no reason fun, for him to own a like, casino. Yeah, no, <laughs> he doesn't give a shit. Mm. Um, so. Uh... I think I've seen some of some people kind of misunderstanding what Gladstone kind of exact situation was, um, mm-hmm. which is that like he's been he's been trapped here. He can't really do anything but play games, win prizes. Again, they're meaningless outside outside like within the casino because like what the fuck God is a new car. He can't go anywhere. He's trapped. Yeah. Um, and the the plan that he's finally kind of come up with is kind of a desperate one, which is to get Donald to the casino um, and hope that his good luck will hit that Donald's bad luck will break his lucky streak and that Leo yes. High will kind of think, Oh fuck my good luck charm is finally, finally run out of luck and let him go. 
Mm. Um, so, uh, like, we don't really know how exactly the 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 call for help kind of came to be. Whether he managed to make it behind Luhai's back, or whether he convinced Luhai to let him invite Donald and Scrooge, because we do see yeah. that. Luhai is a very excited to have Scrooge there. He assumes that as the has the uh, richest duck in the world, his luck must be really, really good, which is a very offensive fucking concept to Scrooge. As as we know, as we know, you can only earn a trillion dollars through sheer grit and hard work. There is no luck involved. We not at all. That's, that's exactly how. That's exactly how it works. <laughs> we live in a meritocracy. <laughs> um. So. We so we don't know exactly whether like he kind of was able to call Don for help, kind of with the knowledge of Lou High, with the understanding that as soon as they arrived, he would kind of turn back on it and say, "Oh no, I just wanted to want you to be here and give Lou High kind of a chance to trap Scrooge," or whether or not he managed to make that call behind Lou High's back. We don't know. Mm. Um, but what we do know is that like kind of as soon as they arrived, he wasn't physically able to tell them what was going on um, because yes. Luhai would find out and they were being very closely watched um, instead he just kind of tried to get Don's bad luck to to wreck his shit yeah so then like it's just kind of chance I guess that he forgets about the chain and kind of runs too close to the exit and it appears to to drag him back um, yes so like Aston was in a pretty bad situation there really wasn't much he could have done yeah it, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, on the face of it, like, so what? He's trapped in a casino where he gets endless food and entertainment and he doesn't have to do anything. But it's also like, it, 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 he's being like, you know, taken advantage of and he doesn't, like, he wants to do something else and he can't, you know, for the first time in his life, his luck can't get him what he wants. Yeah. So, um, it's, um, it is, it is a bad situation. It's not fun. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. uh, he must have been, like, it does make you wonder, like, how long he has been here because mm. um yeah and it, it, then i guess that comes down to um the uh, very nebulous timeline of the show yeah but um i feel like you know a couple of months probably at this point at least yeah i mean time time passes differently in casinos we have <laughs> yes, we, as we, all know. we have yes. no fucking glue um <laughs> so scourge is obviously very offended by uh by luhai wanting wanting his luck because Scrooge is very frustrated by the by like being reduced to someone who got lucky rather than someone who worked hard. Um, yeah. So he challenges Luhai to a game for their freedom. Yes. Um, and he is so so mad that he doesn't get to do the death game. He wants to. So it's much. so funny. <laughs> he really really wants to play a death game. He's been so bored this whole time. There's nothing in this casino for him. He's like cool. It's so. Cool. It's, it's so awesome. Goes through and there's lava and chires and stuff. Oh, awesome! I want to do this. And Luhai's like, no. And he's like, come on. It's so awesome. It's so awesome when when Luhai like reveals like his you know his true form. And Scrooge is so happy. like he's so excited. He's like, oh my god! Like you were here this whole time. I could have been fighting a demon. What the fuck? He's, <laughs> yeah. He's so. He's so he's so excited that that Luhai's like a, like an evil like an evil maniac. Um, I also like the little um this, this little moment where Scrooge is like I sat through the waters of Aquaridon three times and I could have been fighting a demon and he was like um it's Aquarian <laughs> like Dewey just like like hits him a little like really softly it's very funny. <laughs> but it's like 
But I just love, I love Scrooge just being like, oh my god, mortal danger, thank god. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, fuck <laughs> yes, fuck yes. And then Levi's like, no. And he's like, oh. <laughs> I just want to, I just want to nearly die. Come on. I also love um Scrooge wagering himself and his family. I know. Like, <laughs> without, without like consulting with the middle. I know. <laughs> insane. He is a uh, he 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 does not come off super well in this in this back part of the episode. Um, it's kind of it's kind of one of the most kind of egregious examples of uh, Scrooge assuming that because he's Scrooge McDuck everything's going to work out fine and his like incredible arrogance. Um, that mm. he's like kind of uh, wagering everybody's lives. Um, yeah. So. Donald and Gladstone are kind of selected as the game pieces. Um, Gladstone is yes. playing for Lou High and Donald is playing for Scrooge. Um, and Donald is pretty mad at Gladstone for for bringing basic for bringing the kids specifically into into the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And Gladstone's like, you know, there's I'm sorry. Gladstone says I'm sorry. You know, I really am. <laughs> But like, there's he's not. There's he's not. nothing else he can do. And then he goes like, he's he he's resigned to winning. He's like, yeah, well, yeah. good luck, you know, for whatever good that does. Um, and the game itself goes pretty much exactly as you might expect. Um, Gaston kind of effortlessly yeah. avoids these obstacles. Donald suffers slapstick, and then finally, um, the kids start cheering for him, and uh, specifically Louie is like cheering for him, and on, on Donald's side. And Don lets his rage, which we now know is an embodiment of his desire to protect his children. Yes. Perfect perfect boy. Um, propel him past Gladstone and allow him to win. Um Yes. I love I I love this whole sequence. One scene <laughs> in the sequence that made me fucking asphyxiate laughing, which was Gladstone falling through the air for what seemed like several minutes. Holding the exact same dumbass smoke pose. <laughs> it really made me think of the part in, in, in Phantom and the Sorceress where he was like, I had to walk here. There was no 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 um gust of breeze that, you know, like we like whimsically carried me along. Because it's like he like he like he like falls through the air and like slides down this like whole like slide of made of like big playing cards. And he's so unconcerned because he does this every day. This is how he travels. He is picked up by a gust of wind and just whisked away to wherever he wants to go. He fucking cartwheels through the air. But it's just this it's just this little scene at the start of it where he's falling and he's in this perfect standing <laughs> position with this stupid smug fucking expression. It's so funny. It is so funny. Oh, I love him very, oh, very it's much. So funny. Just this, 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 this whole scene is so funny because, like, is we've got like Gladstone's just like calm, you know, afternoon stroll, afternoon stroll while Donald is doing like fucking like American Ninja Warrior, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. like jumping through like these like spurts of lava and like um. You know, if he's about to die, but that's because he's Donald Duck. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of um, like the, because like obviously, the um, the like the obstacles in this in this in this um challenge are like the the attractions from the casino. So we've got like the waters of Aquarium, um, <laughs> which turn into lava, and then there's like the tiger that comes and chases uh donald and then turns into like shards of jade which is very cool mm-hmm. and then there's like the big the big the the big pinball pinko machine with like the the buffet of many lands food at the top yeah so it's um I, i'm just like a big fan of the like um i really like the the tiger 
like coming up like stalking up on Donald and he fucking yells it apart. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's awesome. I love Donald so much. I I love I love he, when he Donald blasts things apart with the power of his anger. Donald really said Fusrida. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. That's it. I'm done. I'm sorry. The joke's over now. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I don't want to do this contest anymore. <laughs> uh, what I was uh, Louis. Obviously, this Louis episode. He's the one who. Uh, yes. He's the one who takes takes the reins in uh, in uh, in encouraging Donald, um, which kind of shows yeah. like. His kind of allegiance between uncles has has uh, switched a little bit since kind of Gladstone turned on him, mm-hmm. um, and he's like kind of recognized how brave Donald is to keep trying mm-hmm. after everything goes wrong for him. And he has one of my favorite lines, which is, "You never had the common sense to give up before, so why start now?" <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome, and it works. Is the thing. <laughs> it works. Um, and obviously we get we get Dewey's fucking heartbroken that his tiger is turned on him. <laughs> Dewey Jr. Yeah, and he's like, oh, Dewey Jr. Uh, it's awesome. I love, I love Donald just like, just, just going in rage mode, yelling the tiger apart, running directly off the wall, and just like rocketing. Yeah, over the finish line the, when he smashes all the pinball pins with his skull. Yeah, we like, it's awesome. It's very funny, uh, and also, uh, and I, I. I uh, Right at the um the the the, the the race ending by um Gladstone finding twenty dollars on the ground picking it up while Donald Donald through the sheer force of rage rockets past the finish line. It's just I fucking love Lou Heisen where he goes. Where did that come from? Yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah. a magical construct. Everything is made of pink. Where the fuck did he get twenty dollars? It's so funny. It's that's just how powerful Gladstone's luck is. But it's interesting. You can find twenty dollars based on a mm-hmm. comment that Gladstone makes at the end that his luck provides him with uh, something to slow him down, but is still lucky. Um, that stops him from winning mm-hmm. because he still would have won, despite even even yeah. despite Donald's rage and his, his thing. If Gladstone's luck hadn't delivered him twenty dollars to make him stop, he would have won. Um, yeah, and that wouldn't have been very lucky in the long run at all because he would have they would have all been trapped and so would Gladstone so so anyway mm, really makes anyway. you think yeah and then Luhai's like uh, fuck the rules actually um, I'll let you all guys go guys I'll go free but I'm still going to keep Gladstone because <laughs> um, Gladstone's like what the fuck was the point um, <laughs> and then Screech interrupts um, do, and does something very cool and normal which is he goes <laughs> Hey, Donald instead. He must be super lucky because he won against, <laughs> uh, against Gladstone. Hey, um, the de facto father to my nephews, um, you should take him too. You should take him instead. Uh, you should you should trust him. It's such a normal thing to do. It's so funny. Very cool and normal. Um, and Louis is especially furious about this. He's very protective of Donald. He is mm-hmm. super mad at Scrooge. And even Gladstone thinks it's fucked up. Hey, Uncle McDonkle. <laughs> he, he, he does soften up by saying, oh, hey, Uncle McDonkle. <laughs> yeah. Hey, kid's not wrong. Uncle McDonkle. Um, I, um, I'm a big fan of the, um, of, uh, the, when the chain, like, um, poofs off Gladstone's leg. It goes onto Donald's neck, which is really funny. He's got, <laughs> just he's like, having a bad fucking time. <sighs> he's having a bad day. Like, at least, at least Gladstone only, like, had his, like, has his leg, ch- like, ghostly chained to the casino. Like, if Donald runs, he's gonna snap his neck. Yeah. He's gonna die. <laughs> 
he can't pull like a he can't really pull a jella and just like chop the leg off and, and escape. <laughs> he can't do it. He he can't do 127 hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Scrooge is pretty smug and uh, very kind of very very uh. It's not it's not it's not a good look for him. Honestly, he's he's not he's not a he's not coming off super super well in this segment. But uh, no, he seems like a huge asshole. He's a bit of a he's a, he's a bit evil. Um, but it pays off. He is because evil. Screech McDuck is uh, unfortunately things mostly pay off for him. Um, mm-hmm. so Don's only in there a couple of seconds, and he actually comes across comes across a lot like Gladstone in this scene. Um, yeah, he's just waiting for things to work out because he trusts in himself. So, so uh, he, his faith in himself is so strong, um, mm, which is kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting almost a double standard in how Scrooge like treats himself versus how he treats Gladstone. Because a lot of the time he does kind of fall back on the, oh, nothing can stop me. I'm Scrooge McDuck, which is yeah. at the at the core of it. Basically, the same thing as Gladstone being self self assured that everything's going to go right for him. Like Scrooge does have like the. He does. He he is backed up by the fact that he does like he does work hard and he does actually like you know mm-hmm. put himself in danger and risk risk like he does take risks and he does do things with which like Gladstone doesn't. But it does also does also come down to he is also a very cocky, self assured person. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And kind of the difference that he perceives is that he's actually you know he's doing things to warrant that like mm-hmm. the you know the cockiness. Yeah. So Gladstone kind of believes in, puts his faith in this nebulous concept of his luck, um, that everything will work out fine for him because he's lucky. Um, but Scrooge uh, puts his faith in himself that everything will work out fine for yeah. him because he's Scrooge McDuck. Um, yeah. So uh, it's 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 interesting how kind of how kind of similar they are, um, particularly mm. in this scene where he's being a total asshole. Um, <laughs> so Luhai immediately kicks Donald out um, and the entire casino fucking evaporates from the sheer force of how shitty Donald Duck's life is his luck is rank it's it rancid. is nasty it's, it is disgusting it's evil he like he's all withered and, and the fucking casino just like <laughs> bursts into flames basically fucking disappears <laughs> it's so bad it's, he just he like he just he killed this like god of chance yeah like the casino runs off luck and it was like a fucking gigantic labyrinthine like huge lavished building when it was feeding off gladstone and when it was feeding off donald it just fucking crumbled up like a fucking snotty tissue paper (laughs) he's a black hole he is he just like absorbed all the luck and like doesn't change anything for him but it's just like he (laughs) that's so funny (laughs) it's gone it's very funny um and um and then and and um louis calls him cool and they like runs over to give him a hug and it's like like yeah it's like yay donald's back he didn't die like thank you scrooge for like supposedly condemning him to death like uh, thank you for doing that very cool he's done this to one of his nephews but still (laughs) (laughs) um everybody comes in for the hug which is nice including webby webby gets in on the hug which i really like um, Scrooge has got a bad habit of, nice. of uh, trapping his nephew's places, condemning them to a certain death. <laughs> um, we are really mad about through this episode. <laughs> like, like, he's so good at it. He's got such a he's got such a solid track record. All of his like his nephews and his niece have all like been like trapped in places like like often like um very far away from safety, often in like very dangerous situations, either through Scrooge's action or inaction or like 
because Scrooge is associated with something, he is really good at like fucking up his like nieces and nephews. He's, He's good at this. I think we just have like, a bit of a vendetta against Scrooge in this episode because it's a it's a it's a cousin episode and we're thinking about Feathery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> when 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 we get when we get to the depths of cousin Feathery, then all of you will see. <laughs> Be prepared for a four hour long episode of this random about Feathery. <laughs> We have so much to say about Feathery. We do. Uh, Special boy. Anyway. Um, I'm a huge fan of this scene of um, uh, Webby being like, hmm, guess, um, guess it didn't work out for you, huh, Gladstone? Hmm? Yeah? Hmm? You little bitch? Guess it didn't work out for you, Gladstone? <laughs> it's like a very, like, um, it's like, it's like the only time she talks to him ho- the whole episode. Yeah. And it's to be like, it's to be like, hmm, guess you're not so great. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. Um, yeah. And then we go, then we have like, then we have, um, him kind of being like replying by like justifying why actually this is a win for Gladstone if you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, man, your ego is so easily damaged by like a little girl. <laughs> he, but like, the thing is, his luck working for him is like a rule of the universe. His luck has yeah. to work for him. The concept that it wouldn't or that his luck would work against him in any way, that his luck in any, no matter how minor a sense would fail him, is so threatening to his existence as a person that he has to come yeah. up with a way that his luck... And I mean, like, I think he's right, based on the based on the $20 thing. He is right. He is right in that his luck actually, like, you know, like, like he actually, like, you know, by losing, that was the luckiest thing he could have done. Like, he's yeah. right. It's also just very funny to hear him, like, <clears throat> justify himself to a child. Yeah, that he's like, actually, no. Actually, no. Actually, actually, shut the fuck up. You don't know anything about me. <laughs> it's very funny. I love Gladstone. Um, <laughs> so he is uh, in, a, in a very, in a kind of a, a very sweet little, little uh, thing. Um, he's left alone on the pier, concluding that his luck mm-hmm. it does indeed always work out in the end, but he's all alone. Um, and Louis walks away kind of disillusioned with his favorite uncle. He says, you know, oh, Gladstone's not that great. Um, yeah. And uh, he, he, they, they, they return to find Longfed fresh off of his lunatic ex-business, um, <laughs> which everybody ignores uh, awesome. for Dewey because they're best friends. Um, he's like, hey, Longfed, what have you been up to? Launchpad's like, oh yeah. <laughs> Launchpad's like wearing armor and he's like full of arrows and he's got like a baby panda in like a basket on his back. Yeah. Um, and he's like, and he's like, oh, you know, tourist stuff. And Dewey just kind of accepts that at face value, <laughs> which is very funny. Smiles and walks into the, walks into the ship. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, Gladstone, kind of left alone pier, is on kind of the verge of a breakthrough about his luck, and he's thinking, you know, maybe I need to, maybe I need to achieve something, maybe I need to. Maybe I need to put in some work. Maybe I need to stop relying on my luck. Because, like, what if it does stop working? You know, what if something does go wrong for me? Yeah, like, he's, he's like, who is Gladstone Gander? Yeah, and then he's immediately derailed by the acquisition of a solid gold yacht. Yeah, a sexy lady comes and sells him a solid gold yacht for tax purposes for $20 exactly. He goes, and he's like, he's like, He's like, oh, an epiphany about who I am? Fuck that. I've got a boat. Hang on. That's, <laughs> hang on. I see something shiny. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> literally it's so funny like he's like he's like he's like doing this like emotional monologue where he's like oh i need to get my hands dirty and find a real purpose and then instantly just like drops it and never like never ever ever thinks about it never again <laughs> he's very it's funny. awesome it's awesome he doesn't have a brain it's he's, so cool he's brainless you can't you cannot be <laughs> angsty about glaston gander it can't happen it doesn't work he's too dumb he's too stupid 
Um, so Scourge finally gets to see the golden cricket also at the end, and it sucks. It's just a fucking bug. It sucks. It's a bug. I, I, Everybody's I, I love exhausted. The, um, like they're all like collapsed. Everyone's ex- everyone's like knocked the fuck out. Everyone's like asleep, and like the, the plane is like crashed on the mountain, and everyone's like asleep. And Scrooge is so tired, and there's just like this shitty like cricket just just like chirping, and he's like, "Okay, we can go now." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's such a funny, a funny like uh you know um ending to like the 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 adventure that they wanted to go on the whole time and it turned out it sucked shit it was like even less interesting than like you know the empty distractions of macaw it's so funny it's awesome oh this is such a good episode it's so good it's like it's one of the episodes where like obviously this is not like um a plot relevant episode in the context of like the rest of the season like nothing impactful happens here really mm-hmm. except for like you know like we get the introduction of gladstone um and we get like a little bit of character development for louis but that's yeah. kind of like it so it's yeah. not like this is one of the ones that um uh, i don't know what the i don't know where this one went in the actual like the original order i think it was still fairly it's, early it's still number six it the 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 uh the position it actually was exactly yeah. the same except the only difference was that obviously Neverest wasn't in uh wasn't in the first six episodes before it was in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, instead we had the yeah. terror, the terraformians uh in uh, okay. directly before this one. Yeah, which is I mean that's interesting because that was that was still a that was still a Huey episode I guess. Yeah, um, and then like the dime chase and that kind of stuff was all uh was was uh, mixed up, but uh it was yeah. number six. It was yeah, still, so it was still in the exact same position. It was just yeah, that's that's really that's really interesting. I guess yeah. Gladstone really is that lucky. He got Ed right on time. Yeah. <laughs> it was just coming uh, fuck off. everyone else around him, though. Yeah, it was coming off the back of the Terraformians instead. Although, um, very small detail. Uh, the Terraformians thing, one of the things that really um, seems kind of out of the blue in that one is Launchpad proclaiming that Key and Dewey are best friends in the original airing order because it's like episode five and they haven't really interacted very much. Because, like. Yeah. You know, up to this point, they've fucking not interacted at all. It's completely random, seemingly. And seeing in this one, yeah. like Dewey is someone who like takes an interest in Launchpad and asks him questions, and like, yeah, 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 kind of wants to spend time. It, with it, him. There's like a little bit of groundwork for that. Yeah, so uh, it does make more sense. Um, but that's really it. I don't think uh, I don't think this episode in particular suffers that much from the from the original order. Yeah, no. I mean, again, since it was in the the same place it always was, and there's no real like, there's nothing to do with like Della in this, and there's nothing to do with like Lena or Magic Arena. So this one, this one is one of the ones that could really go anywhere without being harmed at all. I think. Yeah, um, I think it's kind of. A, I think it's a good. It's a good episode to put in early on because it establishes. Um. It kind of fleshes out Donald a little bit more. It kind of broadens his scope yeah. a little bit about like his insecurity about like being a father and his relationship yeah. with his family being kind of contentious um and like again like i think it's imp- and also th- i think the later that you put it on in the in the in the season the more troubling the implications are for glass <laughs> <laughs> just chuck this one in season two fuck it <laughs> it's, to be uh, so it's awesome yeah but um, but yeah, so um, but it's really good as like it's like um, introducing a character. Obviously, Gladstone is a very popular character from the comics. Um, he was in the like the original Doctor's show, but I think he was only in like two episodes. Yeah, like, he was a very minor character. Yeah. So he's kind of filling the same role here in that he's like, he's not he's not a main character by any stretch of the imagination, but he's like 
um, in- he, I, I do like that he's introduced fairly early on. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's good that we're like that we're kind of introduced to him fairly early on because it's also um, it's kind of a good precedent for like. Uh, yes, we're going to have characters like from the comics and from the old show. Like we're going to be expanding this universe because mm-hmm. um, it's 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 keeping it kind of nice and consistent with like introducing new characters, which I really like because we've got like um uh um we've got obviously we've got Gyro was in Dime Chase mm-hmm. and like um we've got like the Beagle Boys and so it's like keeping up kind of a nice clip of introducing old characters that people recognize. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. uh it's establishing you know sometimes when uh when shows kind of introduce a lot of a lot of cast it seems kind of cluttered or confused um and with this it kind of the way that it introduces characters just really like fleshes them out in a way that's like yeah they're kind of doing their own thing in the background and their paths will like yeah very like occasionally intersect but for the most part it's just kind of it's kind of a method of world building particularly with gladstone because yeah the fact that his luck is something that exists in the world that it's something so powerful mm. um that just kind of like happens to uh to be focused on this one person is uh is it kind of this yeah. interesting kind of example of like the kind of magic that exists and how it might manifest yeah yeah it's very interesting and also gladstone's just a really funny character that sounds fucking hilarious he's he's great <laughs> he's um, awesome um, he's very, very much. funny uh i really like um there's some really interesting stuff because, like, Glassstone, while not being in the original DuckTales very much, um, has been in quite a lot of comics, you know, a lot of these yeah. kind of uh, satellite characters who kind of, like, orbit around the various kind of, like, iterations of DuckTales and kind of come in every now and again. A lot of them have, like, kind of these dedicated little comics. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of Gladstone is kind of one of them where he's in quite a few comics. He tends to get kidnapped by witches and harassed by witches. <laughs> um, yeah. It, there's a few kind of little things that kind of we know about Gladstone. I think our, uh, this is, this is our Gladstone episode. Um, mm. There's a few little kind of like things that we kind of know about Gladstone in the comics uh, that kind of, that kind of define him in an interesting way. Um, that he uh, that he enjoys gardening. That uh, mm. that he uh, there was a that time he was helping out in an orphanage and got kidnapped by a witch. Um, <laughs> um that he's like seems to be more of a kind of charitable person in some of the comics. Um, mm-hmm. and that uh, and that he res- that he uh kind of resents the fact that he can't really make friends. Um, because everybody mm. just wants to wants to benefit off his luck um, all the time, that they don't actually want to know him for him, that they just hang around to them, hoping that his luck will rub off on them, or that they can like you know, kind of cash in on it. Um, yeah, and that he's kind of aware in some in some respect of how kind of lonely he is. Gladstone is so interesting. He's like I I like that. Um, uh, obviously in in the comics, like since he's got so much more like. Uh screen time for lack of a better word Mm -hmm. there is a lot more like opportunity to kind of like develop him and give him more of a life but um I feel like the way that they've done it in DuckTales 2017 where he's just kind of like he's just like this is very funny um yeah where he's just a he's just a fucked up individual I like it a lot and I like it a lot (laughs) he's kind of he's kind of evil it doesn't preclude like any kind of depth being given to his character like oh yeah DuckTales 2017 is very very good at like introducing kind of a, a character who is kind of a joke 
and then kind of adding the, giving them some depth, but like mm-hmm. not necessarily in a like the way that some shows do it, where it's like, oh yeah, this, there's this Joe character, now we're going to have a whole episode about their fucked up backstory, and it's going to be really serious, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, I'm thinking specifically of like Mark Beeks, that he's introduced yeah. this totally laughable character, this pathetic, like fucking <laughs> Elon, Elon Musk. <laughs> That he's like this, like this, this evil fucking, like despicable person. Um, yeah. And then we get like a little bit of context for like why he is the way that he is when like we meet his mother, which is just kind of a mm. a, a, a little a, a much smaller revelation in that episode. Um, but it is really like okay, so this is why he is the way that he is. This explains a lot. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously the like the only other Gladstone episode is um, Phantom and the Sorceress. Yeah, um, which is um, a long way away in terms of this podcast, but um, so uh, still quite fresh on our minds in terms of like episodes actually airing. Yeah, and that was really that, that was a really good kind of look at um, obviously a very comedic look at what Gladstone's <laughs> life would be like if he didn't have his luck. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's quite good. Yeah, I I, I just I don't know something about Gladstone is just like very funny i love him very much like he's he is such like an asshole but i i I can't be mad at him because like he literally doesn't know like any better like it's it's such a terrible like usually when people like excuse like their favorite like their favorite like 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 terrible male characters they're like oh you know you know he's like he's he's like this because like you know it's like his family was like this or it was like his like his childhood was so bad it's like no gladstone's like this because he has like no grasp on like what a normal human being life is like like he doesn't know how to act yeah he's it's awesome he's like an alien almost he has fucking <laughs> he has absolutely no frame of reference for how regular people are <laughs> he's an, mm-hmm. a truly insane individual and he's just he is chilling awesome. he is just chilling it's fantastic yeah um so yeah so i feel like that's a pretty good that was really i really liked that episode that was like um it's so good and it's like it's such a funny episode very funny um and um i feel like we've been i feel like we've been talking about it for like a really long time so i think um i think we're gonna have just like a like a fairly short third segment at yeah this one, yeah which is going to be <laughs> um maybe a very evil thing for our podcast to do um I'm very sorry to, to all of our listeners, but um, but um, I'm very sorry. But we are going to take a look at whether Gladstone Gander is a commider, <gasps> and <laughs> and um. So if you don't know, if you don't know what a commider is, first of all, congratulations! I'm so happy for you. I wish I was you. Um, commider is um. So Nagito Kamada is a character from Danganronpa. Um, and I, so I'm so sorry for saying these words on a DuckTales podcast. I'm sorry for exposing all of you to this, but, um, this is just like, this is, this is the hard hitting journalism we have to do on Dear Dim Witty. It's a, it's a, it's a necessary evil. It really is. So, um, Kamada is a very famous character from Danganronpa for mm, multiple reasons, Mm -hmm. mostly because of the kind of controversy inherent to his character he's a very um he's a very i I hate to say it he's a very he's a very gray character Mm -hmm. um i hate to say it he is morally gray i um, would have just said he's fucked up and evil but go for it (laughs) (laughs) he's a he's he's a complex character (laughs) he's complex he's nuanced (laughs) 
he's nuanced and yes he is fucked up and evil but um the the, the obvious so obvious on his face gladstone is not a commander character he's not like he's not like conniving he's not fucked up and evil he does not like plan he's murders not yeah to put, fulfill that role because a lot of the reason that Kamida is so controversial is that he has so much influence over the events of the story the events of the story so much to cause certain things to happen which are bad <laughs> yes so obviously Gladstone no Gladstone is not a Kamida but the problem is <laughs> In in the story of Dan Romper, Kamida's um Kamida's talent, let's call it, is being incredibly lucky. So um there have been like people have made like passing comparisons between Gladstone and Kamida because it's like, oh, they're super lucky, but sometimes it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um and I just think it's very funny to there is a there is a there is a checklist that I'm looking at by the way, which is um uh the Kamida checklist, which is made by Hell Tabby on Tumblr.com, um, which you can find by just kind of Googling Kamida checklist. Which has um the uh the traits and um uh, kind of character points required to be a Kamida. And I would like to go through these mm-hmm. and kind of check off and see whether Gladstone by the numbers could potentially be a Kamida. Mm-hmm. So the so there's there's four checks in the main section which are necessary for him to be a true Kamida archetype. So you can be you can be like a Kamida, but not necessarily like fulfill all the main requirements. It's 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 a very um it's a very hard like category to specifically pin down. But um generally, it is a sliding scale. So the main the first one is does this character play a large role in the story? And unfortunately, right out the gate, Gladstone nope. is kind of disqualified. <laughs> no, um, he, is, he <laughs> is on the outskirts of the of the main events of the story at pretty much all time. Even in episodes where he is the main focus or ostensibly the main focus he has extremely little influence over the actual happenings of the plot yes he doesn't do he doesn't do anything is his is his is his whole problem is that he like he's so passive because (laughs) it's his lifestyle um so in the context of ducktales 2017 specifically um gladstone does not play a large role in the story he's in two episodes oh he's in three episodes of counting data well he no he's in Um, he's in Four episodes. Um, is he in four? He buys the the Farish gin lamp off uh, off Louis. Oh God, I forgot about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Again, really important role he was playing in the story. Um, yes, it's one of the many steps that that lamp took. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, so he 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 plays. He um, is, I think possibly one of the uh, one of the least one of the smallest roles in the story possible in the story. Yes. <laughs> So um, it's not looking right out the gate. It's not looking good for him. Um, second on this list plays an antagonistic role, but is not originally presented as such. Depends. You can definitely make an argument. <laughs> if you are, because um, oh, well, hang on. If you're Donald Duck or Scrooge McDuck, then Gladstone is antagonizing you by existing, by just yes. kind of hanging out. Then he is like directly antagonizing yeah. you. But yes, he, in terms of opposing the goals of the uh, of the protagonists. Um, and working to impede them, he does not do anything because, again, he is so incredibly passive. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. Yes, he doesn't do anything. Doesn't do anything. Um, there is. I feel like you could make an argument for from the perspective of Louis. Yeah. That, um, yeah. He 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 is presented as the fun uncle, and then he becomes an asshole midway through the episode, and all of the the illusions kind of fade away. Yeah. So I feel like that's like a. Yeah. That's like a quarter of a tick for that one. Yeah, like a very the barest amount. amount of like, 
yeah. Yeah. Um, third is morally grey or has a justification for their actions and or reason for redemption. Um, the justification for Gladstone's actions is that he he's an he's a fucking alien. He's an insane person. It's magic. <laughs> he has a justification and it's magic. The thing about Gladstone is that at any point in his life, you could describe him as just chilling. Yes. He has absolutely no, he has no purpose. He's totally purposeless. He's not even Mm -hmm. seeking out luxury. He's just getting it. He fucking doesn't give a shit. He doesn't even have, like, can you say he has a justification for his actions when he has no actions? (laughs) In that sense, you could also call him morally gray because he has no morals. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna say this is a this is the tick. Yeah. He has this one because he's morally gray. He has no he has no like he has no standards for anything. He has no reasons for doing anything. He has no principles. He has he has never yeah. been any given any opportunity or given any reason to have to form opinions. <laughs> <laughs> he's never had to take a stand um... against or for anything. <laughs> <laughs> the universe does that for him. Yeah. Um yeah. Um, and then fourth in the like the 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 true Kamida section. So Gladstone was never ever going to be a true Kamida because he's not relevant enough to be. But um, the fourth one is uh, split fandom, which wubifies or demonizes them. Um, I think Gladstone is and... fairly. I, I I hesitate to say wubified because that's generally for. <laughs> I mean, in general, for evil. I mean, in general, but it's generally for yeah. like it's generally for characters who do bad things and have the those bad things yeah. and never raised. But people, I think, are generally on the same boat as us, which is just that like, Gladstone's a very funny little dude. Um, I mean, I've definitely seen people be Gladstone negative. Really? Yeah, I have. Like in in the context of like 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 hard Donald Duck stands or oh, like yeah. Which is completely understandable. That's I'm not like I am not like trashing on people who love Donald Duck and think it's like and think that Gladstone's an asshole. Oh, he's an asshole. Fine. Oh, well, I, I agree. think you should love him for it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, so I don't think there is much of like I don't think there's enough of like a split fandom. No, because I feel like people don't have super strong opinions on and him. I think it's again, it's because he doesn't do anything. If if, yeah. if, we, if, yeah. if we had any like actions or like any. Anything that he'd done that had like yes. that had like consequences that we could point to and that we could like or dislike the consequences of, I think that would uh, yeah, I think that would change things somewhat. But as it stands, mm. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have enough of a motivation to to be a commander because he he doesn't do anything. You're right, he doesn't do anything. He things happen to him. It's kind of like looking at a picture of a person. He has, he has absolutely no impact on the, on the story. Yeah. There's <laughs> a cardboard cutout that gets blown around. <laughs> oh my god, there it goes. But, um, <laughs> so um so those those are the four main checks for a commider. So he gets like one and a quarter for that, which mm-hmm. is not enough to be a true commider archetype. But the thing is we knew going in that he was never gonna be a true commider. Yeah. The interesting stuff the interesting stuff is in the um the secondary the secondary characteristics. Many of which Gladstone actually fulfills, yeah. which is interesting. So yeah. first of all is white or silver or grey or pale blonde hair, which um yes, he's a duck, he's got white feathers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um and even in even even in the comics he had blonde hair. Um yeah. Uh yeah. um side note, I like his um his comics hairstyle way more than his like um DuckTales his, pro- his seventeen hairstyle. The problem with his DuckTales 2017 hairstyle, I don't usually hate on um 
with character designs. Um, I generally think they have something going for him. Um, the problem is that it's just so narrow. It looks like at yeah. like go kart tracks, like the the tires yeah. cut in half along the sides. <laughs> yeah, I like the um the, the the much more like the, the, the he looks like such a dandy in the comics, which I'm a huge fan of. Like the like the yeah. huge like um the yeah. really like the huge curls. It's, it's the, awesome. the very carefully kind of like it's it's so good because you look at him and you go he sleeps with older in his hair because of course yes. he does. I love the idea of um he doesn't sleep with Roller in his hair like the wind just blows them perfectly into place. Yes, in the he has. Well, yeah, because Roller could imply he has some has, he has some effort. There's some effort involved. It just kind of it just kind <laughs> yeah. of like falls into place like that. Um, yeah, I think that I think it's just like there's just a very strange decision there to make his his hairstyle very narrow, whereas if they just kind of yeah. widened it out and had it like a bit of more of a quaff, it would look quite good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I like I, I really like his 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 cartoon design. I think it's great. Like it's um translates to the to the Ducktales twenty seventeen's like art style mm-hmm. very well. Like um yeah. like you were mentioning yeah. earlier about the like the long neck and um his his how his beak is longer. Um, it looks very good. It's just yeah. like the the hair is just like a little bit disappointing. Mm-hmm. But um, either way, it is white, which is a known Kamada trait. Yeah. Um. Kamada's hair is white because he's chronically ill, I think. But um, yeah, <laughs> that's that's beside the point. Yeah, that's um, and Gladstone's hair is white because he's a duck. So um, a couple of differences here already. The second, the second, the second point here is quotes edgy. Um, Gladstone's not edgy. No. Gladstone has never been edgy. No. He no. can't be edgy. He is. He is um, uh oh yuck! I was about to hate. I was about to just call him soft, but that felt <laughs> heinous in my throat as it was coming up. He's too like. He's, 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 he's been sanded down. Yeah. He, has, he has no sharp edges. Um, he has, so he's, he not, has he's no, not edgy. He's, he's totally frictionless. <laughs> he's smooth. <laughs> like I was saying, he's a cardboard cut out of a person. He's just he's sliding around everywhere. <laughs> he can't hold on to anything. He's got no ridges on his fingers. Um, yeah, he's oh. he's a he's not edgy. He's 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 a prep. He's mm-hmm. he's he is popular. He does not go against mm-hmm. the flow in any way, shape, or form. He no, he 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 he, fit, he fits the popular fashions very much. He, like, he is likes totally benign. There's lots of very interesting metaphors for Gladstone in this in this first segment. He's like a cardboard cutout. He's totally frictionless. He's like a tumor. He's bevel. It's like it's like it's like the it's like the image that's like a boy should be like the opposite of self, self wet, a lesbian. You know the image. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Gladstone. That's Gladstone. Um. Oh my god! An autofill. The boy should be like a bowl of cornflakes. Sweet, cold, harmless, available, dry, wet, corn, sexless, dangerous, shy, extroverted, the Grand Canyon, hot, two inches tall, the opposite of himself, a lesbian, God. Also, <laughs> that's Gladstone. This this image is um this image is Gladstone now. Yeah, um, that, 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 that is him. Mhm. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a character analysis of Gladstone Gander. 
Yeah. But um, so yeah. to sum it up, he's not edgy. Um, the third point on this list, though, he thoroughly fulfills, which is just is male. Yeah, he's a man. He's male. <laughs> he's male. He's male. Yep. Congratulations. Woo! Um, and that's that's kind of like a side effect of like. <laughs> that is like a side effect of the of the Kamida effect, um, as like a cultural phenomenon, which is like, this doesn't happen to generally doesn't happen to like female characters because morally gray female characters are just kind of generally hated yeah they, they don't tend really to be the same yeah, like they tend to be written off as, yeah. as evil um yeah um, which is um it, kind of just like like um symptomatic of of problems in fandom in general mm-hmm. but um but um yeah so uh, gladstone <laughs> gladstone can thoroughly and enthusiastically tick one of these <laughs> <laughs> um, um the next one the is ne- um <laughs> Young slash not traditionally masculine. He is a dandy. He's a dandy. He's a fop. <laughs> he is a fop. He is. He is. He is just like. He's like a. He's, he is just like a very. He's like an effeminate Victorian man. It's very yeah. funny to me. Yeah. Um, um. He that so big old chick. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> next one. Next one's a little, maybe a little bit of editorializing, but it is um has gay subtext or it's blatantly gay. I point so, you um... to the picture. <laughs> Look at this picture of, of little baby Gladstone standing as the gayest little ten year old. So um you know, no further questions. I feel like that one's a big tick. Um yep. <laughs> um the next one is very funny, which is protagonist has a soft spot for them despite their objectionable actions. It's literally the inverse. It's literally the, the protagonist has a hard spot for them. The protagonist has a hard spot for him, despite their non-existent actions. <laughs> their lack of action. <laughs> Donald Donald hates Gladstone. Not not because not because he's objectionable, not because Gladstone's done anything, because Gladstone exists. I think that this question is so far in the double negatives that we can tick it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think of if you think about it, Donald did help him up after he tripped over. So, um, oh, well, yeah, that is, that is a bit of a soft spot that he's that 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 yeah. he still uh, that he still kind of spends time with him and tolerates him to some extent, despite being Gladstone Gander. Um, yeah, that's his objectionable action. <laughs> objectionable actions is so funny. <laughs> objectionable action of existing <laughs> of being alive. Um, <laughs> So next one's interesting. Um, next one is interesting because it's actually hiding the true antagonist, which um, that's really what Gladstone kind of is doing this whole episode is he's hiding the fact that Luhai is um the real evil here. Like obviously, you know, you watch the episode; it's fairly obvious that the, oh, the, yeah. the casino is sinister. Like oh, it's yeah. it's it's not like it's not like a, a huge like earth shattering plot twist or anything. But in his actions, he is kind of like he is burying the lead, and he is acting like there is nothing so much happening here he's just kind of like being an asshole in the hopes that this will fix his problem and not really like pointing out the fact that yeah there's a fucking demon keeping me trapped here and eating all my luck mm-hmm. so i feel like by technicality he kind of fulfills that one yeah 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 um okay so he the next the next uh, check, checkpoint is that he is physically weak slash chronically ill he's not chronically ill he can't be He's not. He can't. That's physically impossible. He is, um, I think, physically weak just because he's never had to develop a muscle. <laughs> he's never had to walk upstairs. He's never had to walk upstairs. I think we see it a bit in the Phantom of the Sorceress that he's just like fucking, like, he just kind of flops around. 
the last one is interesting. Yeah, he, okay, the last one is Unhappy Childhood. And if you, I think, believe the people... I mean, okay, so this is a, this is a difficult one. It depends on how deep we want to go into obscure cam- comics lore, right? <laughs> His parents died. Which um, I would just like to I would just like to point out um, Kamida did like his luck also did kill his parents. Like his parents died in like a plane crash, didn't they? Yeah, because he was so lucky. Yeah. Um, yeah. so that's just like an interesting, yeah. just an interesting thought that I'm just kind of putting out into the world that um, Gladstone and Kamida both killed their parents with their luck. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about it. Um, so the unhappy childhood thing is something that we can't really talk about with regards to to Doctor's 2017, just because. We don't fucking yeah. know anything about Gladstone. Um, like, just nothing. Do you, do you want to mention? Do you want to mention Gladstone's brother? Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> so, I believe on the show we have mentioned. Um, hang on, I need to access the Scrooge McDuck fandom wiki. Neither the finesse of Jubal Pomp nor the laid-back simple needs of. Finesse of Jubal Pomp. The finesse of Jubal Pomp. The finesse of Jubal. Okay, so there is we have two characters who are very, very similar in that they are um, the twin brothers of established comics characters, popper comics characters, who appear Mm -hmm. um, in like one one singular uh, one one singular kind of like issue or or appearance. and they serve to be the virtuous and good-hearted <laughs> and morally good and right and generous counterpart to a pop- to a main character. And the first time mm-hmm. we saw this was Cheery Bull McDuck, who was Scrooge McDuck's twin brother, <laughs> who Scrooge hates because he is a philanthropist. And because <laughs> after becoming rich, he donates his uh, his gold mines to the needy, um, and Scrooge is deeply, deeply ashamed of him. So it's an established pattern. Mm-hmm. Gladstone has a similar situation, <laughs> which is that he has a twin brother whose name is Sadstone. <laughs> His name is Sadstone. Sadstone. His name is Sadstone Gander. His name is Sadstone Gander, and he is a he got the flip side of Gladstone's situation. So while Gladstone is incredibly lucky but evil, um, uh, he Sadstone was born extremely unlucky, but he's so gentle and kind that he separated himself from society and lives as a hermit, so that his bad luck doesn't <laughs> affect any innocent people. <laughs> Gladstone, who rarely has cause to see him, is extremely ashamed of his existence. So evil. (laughs) (laughs) So fucking evil. Gladstone is so, so fucked up and evil. He was originally the identical twin, and then he got changed to be his identical cousin because the the editors were like, this can't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Which is very funny. Like, because this was a character created in 2014, which is... um... Mm -hmm. Just goes just just goes to show that people are still doing fucking whatever they want with like yeah. with like the ducks comic yeah. continuity. Like they're still just doing fucking whatever. They're still just making up characters like left, right, and center, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> he's 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 an, like his identical cousin, which is so funny to me. That's that's a real thing that happens. That's a um, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's that's a, <laughs> that's a that's a genuine family member you can have. Um, I love Sadstone. 
I love Sadstone. Uh. I think it's incredibly, incredibly funny. So a little bit more into Gladstone's kind of un- unhappy childhood. Um, Gustav and his wife were said to have died from overeating at a public picnic. Though according to one account, as if this is a fucking newspaper article, like this is written like a case <laughs> file. According to one account, in truth, their deaths at the picnic were due to shards of glass having gotten into their muffins. <laughs> All of this happening on Gladstone Gander's incredibly unlucky birthday. But here's oh. the thing about this. Is that this is one of the mm. situations in which fucking uh, the Scrooge McDuck has cited information from unlicensed works. Um, <gasps> so this is the source for this is the White Balloon, which uh, is a fan work. Oh my god, um, really? Yeah. <gasps> oh my god, it's <laughs> not real. That's so funny. That's so funny. I saw, like, I read that earlier when I was looking at um the the wiki for research, but I hadn't um. I completely skipped over the fact that it's not even real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's just it's just people it's just people fictionalizing Gladstone's childhood. That's awesome. Yeah, rules. What I found out is that I had a look at um Gladstone Glander as he exists in the Donaldness Continuum, the wonderful life. It's really sweet, actually. In the later 1930s, however, he became the guardian of Huey, Dewey, and Louie, his cousin Della's sons, whom he tried to raise well, but ended up inadvertently spoiling rotten because of his luck. Um, interestingly, Gladstone, aside from full-on villains, is the only character in the Donaldless Continuum shown to be happier than his Prime Universe counterpart, likely because his life has oh. been more fulfilling with children to share his luck with, badly though he may have bungled oh, their education. No. That's so sad! I know! <laughs> So it's okay. So his his okay. So his so Luke the Goose and Daphne Duck did die by mm-hmm. overeating at a, at a picnic. So okay. So I feel like um I feel like I feel like your parents dying when you're like when you're young is is I feel like that's enough of a point for an unhappy childhood. Mm. I don't think okay. It's it's an unhappy childhood. That doesn't mean that Gladstone was unhappy. No, <laughs> it's an unhappy childhood in a vacuum. In I mean. in theory, it's an unhappy childhood. Yeah. Um I feel like I feel like that. I don't mean to say I don't mean to say that Gladstone like wasn't like sad that his parents died. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's a bit of a rough thing just... to say. <laughs> no. It's just that it it clearly did not impact him that much. <laughs> like... Yeah, it didn't really ruin his life, did it? Um no. Yeah, so like he's not he's not yeah. that fucked up about it. Having taken a bit of a having taken a bit of a dive into into um, Gladstone's kind of um, sordid comics past, I think we've uh, I think mm-hmm. we can I think we can say that he we can we can half check the unhappy childhood box. I think. So you know, so that's um seven and a half out of nine okay. for the supplementary combined I think, check. I think we can say with with certainty that despite him not having the four previous checks, he is a commider. Um, he is a commider. Um, so um, we are doing hard hitting science here. This is um, mm. we are like at the forefront of like innovation. Yeah. Because I don't think anybody's really answered the question of gla- whether Gladstone is a commider. People have drawn him. We like, analyzed his DNA. People have like yeah, <laughs> yeah. We took him to the lab. Yeah. Um, because you know pe- people have like people have made jokes about it that like oh they're both lucky. Um, and like people have, I've seen like images of people drawing Gladstone in, in Kamida's outfit, which is very funny, but I don't think anybody's really done the research, really gotten down, like gotten down to work and actually put in the time and come down to the conclusion that yes, he is a Kamida. He is not a Kamida in the, in the, in the sense of like reception from the fandom. 
But in pure character traits, he kind of is. Yeah, he fits the character traits. It. He doesn't fit the story, the the narrative role, or the uh, or the fandom yeah. response of the commoda. Um, he fits um, he fits the character traits, but he's stu- he's too stupid to realize, which is why he doesn't get the narrative. Re- he doesn't get the um the fandom response. The problem <laughs> the problem with Gaston Gander is that he is stupid, passive, and irrelevant. <laughs> exactly, and we love him for it. We love him so much. Um, I actually, we love him so very. I want to talk about one more thing, which mm-hmm. is going to be, I think, not related to Gladstone at all. It's related to the <laughs> setting of the casino. Yes, because there is an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. Where... Oh my god! Okay, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> so exasperating. Oh, oh my god! Fine, fine. Okay. No, no, no. Talk about no. Talk about Star Trek. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> Talk about Star Trek on our Trek podcast. Go ahead, go. Um, it's just the fact that the setting of uh, so basically the casino is a Hotel California situation, right? Yes, yes, it is. You know, you can check out, but you can never leave. Um, yes, the just just a just a uh, an otherworldly otherworldly ca- casino that that traps you in it. Um, yeah. but the same thing actually happened in the Star Trek Next Generation, but um, with a kind of interesting uh, situation there, which was that a. Uh, in the next generation, uh, they landed on a planet and became trapped in this casino, which was full of all these people uh, who could come and go, but they couldn't leave and they couldn't escape. Um, mm-hmm. And they went upstairs and they found a they they found through their test that none of the people in the casino were real, that they were uh-huh. that they were kind of constructs. Um, and they went upstairs and they found in one of the rooms this uh, this decaying skeleton. That had been there for for hundreds mm-hmm. and hundreds of years. That was the only living person who had ever been there. And on the bedside table was this book that took place in a casino. And mm-hmm. they identified the guy from uh, from this uh, from the the skeleton from like what remained of his clothes. That he was actually like a uh, an astronaut from our time who had never returned from space mission with several other astronauts. Um. Or like you know, like uh, like a hundred years in the future, or whatever. But like before, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. warp speed or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That they've basically gotten like sucked into a wormhole and ended up in this place, and that he was, you know, the last kind of person who lived. And they found his diary, and they found out that what had happened was they had crash landed on this planet, which was um, populated by this alien life that was like you know not really tangible alien life. Um, mm-hmm. but highly intelligent and very powerful, and that the rest of his uh, crewmates had been killed. Um, the aliens felt so guilty for having killed these, like what they recognized to be living beings, with like um, kind of the atmosphere and whatever on their planet, that they created this um, this uh, this environment for him to live in, based on this book. That was in this casino. Oh, that was set in this casino. Um, because they interpreted it to be like this blueprint or whatever. It was the only thing that they had to go off on, like what mm-hmm. they couldn't communicate with them. So it was based on like what they thought that uh, human humans did or what they thought their lifestyle was like. So just the events of this book of this story are playing out, and he writes in his diary. He fucking hates this book. It's trash. It's like this really shit. <laughs> he's, it's this like this really poorly written book. Like this horrible, like cheap kind of thriller about like 
Mm-hmm. this guy who works in casino and like this woman that he's in love with and he's in trouble with like this local kind of crime boss and the climax of the book comes just when... like launch pad <laughs> yeah exactly but the climax of the book comes with when like the crime boss like comes in and there's like a there's a standoff and the guy gets shot mm-hmm. but what's supposed to happen before that can happen is that these foreign investors are supposed to arrive but he was always stuck at this point in the story where nobody ever came because Oh, nobody was ever going to arrive. So he just died. He just lived in this casino for the rest of his life and he died. Um, and he had been there, like lying in that bed, dead forever. And then the, that's fucked up. And the crew of the Enterprise arrives and everyone's saying, Oh, you must be the foreign investors. And the story finally moves on. And, with, and, and when they fulfill like the rest of the story and it finishes up, they finally get to leave because. The story is completed. The casino doesn't need to exist anymore, and it's all based on this kind of like this kind of misguided sense of empathy on this on the part of this kind of intelligent life that they're kind of trying to make up for um, what they feel like is their responsibility for uh, for 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 the dead crewmates. Um, but That's like awesome. succeeding in fucking torturing this dude, it it is a fucking it is an incredible episode. It's so cool, but the aesthetics of it are so cool because it's all happening in this in that's this casino. That's so awesome. That has no like maybe if you watch Star Trek, that has no exits or windows. It rules. So that's what I was thinking of the whenever I think of this episode of uh, just like the setting in general of a casino where every everyone inside is a construct, where um mm. it's all being controlled and like um and there's only one like living person in there who like desperately wants to get out but can't. Um. It's 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 very similar. It's it, it rules. Um, that's so cool. That would that would be so. Imagine if Gladstone fucking died in the <laughs> house of the fucking and he was just bones. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> if they were. It was a George Mallory situation where they arrived. It was a George Mallory. <laughs> he just found his bones, and Donald was like, "Well, bye. Let's go." <laughs> yeah, I finally I finally got one over on him. Stuck that Gladstone. <laughs> Now it's Donald's turn to contemptuously step past a, a skeleton and say that he's won. Yeah. I think the casino got even for you. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right. Um. Uh, should we wrap it up then? Yeah, I think I think that finishes up our our Gladstone discussion, our Gladstone episode. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It would be um, a lie to pretend that's... that we talked about anything else. <laughs> this, this 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 was this was a this was a Louis episode of the show, but it was a Gladstone episode of the, of the podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Next week we have uh, the infernal internship of Mark Beeks. Yay! I'm very excited. Yay. Another. Huey I am episode. excited um, to see Huey go into destruction mode. The Duke of Destruction. <laughs> I am so excited. We we uh, we have we have we have uh, Huey going berserk. We have Mark Beeks. We have Falcon Graves happening. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and we have Glomgold again. Glomgold is back in the next episode. Um, as, a, as an unassuming courier. <laughs> yeah, lots happening next week, uh, which I'm very excited for. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, very, very, very excited. And then, like, uh, yeah, so this episode will come out after we watch uh, The Forbidden Fountain of the Forever Glades. So that's pretty exciting. Oh, if, you guys are, uh, if you guys are up to date with DuckTales, uh, I, I, think we'll, I think we'll enjoy the new episode. I hope you do, too. Or I hope you have to. Yeah. It'll come out after this one. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, um, thank you very much for, for coming to listen to us for another week. Uh, we'll be back thank next you so week much. with some thoughts on Mark Beek's 
<laughs> Some uh, thoughts on Elon Musk. We're gonna <laughs> get ready for our slam episode about Elon Musk next week. <laughs> Good thing um, we're not on Amazon Podcasts. Does Amazon do podcasts? I think so. Oh, they do. They do Audible, and podcasts are on Audible. Well, good thing we're not on Audible because we did. We'd get totally cancelled for 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 our. We um, would get demonetized so quickly. Yeah, for our because uh, <laughs> we're already monetized. <laughs> oh god, we we can never do Audible ads now. Oh, they're the, gonna make the us Am- take down Mark Beaks episode. The Amazon drones are gonna come for us and throw packages at our skulls. Um, <laughs> they're gonna come and pick us up and fly us away. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna get carried away like Louie did with the goals. <laughs> uh, that's just how hard we're gonna slam Elon Musk in our next episode. So look forward to that. Yeah, get get that. get ready for it. Uh, see you next week. See you next week, everyone. If you have any information regarding Dimwitty's disappearance or any information that might lead to his capture, let us know at Dear Dimwitty on Twitter or email us at deardimwitty at gmail.com. Or if you want to talk to us about DuckTales, that's fine too.